Hello and welcome to the post E3 edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. We have a star-studded cast joining us today. And so let's go ahead and introduce them to the rest of us. So first off, we got Andrew Ip. Hello. Hello. Joining us again from E3, you know. Yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. Yeah. We got a week. Yeah. And then we got Adam Vitali. Hey. As always. Yep. As always. As always. Always like to nice to have you on the podcast. And then we have Josh Torres. Hey, what's up, everyone? First time here. You're first time here, quote unquote. First time. Let's not talk about what happened last first week. First time or, here. First timer. Long time listener. First time caller. <laughs> then we have Simon Chun joining us after our extended break. How can you introduce me last? Because you're the last. You're the last one. You've been here. I don't know. I like to introduce Josh because I felt like I wronged him by screwing up last time. So no one knows what happened. So I feel Simon, like I got robbed. You are, because it's been a bit since you were last on this podcast. I know, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, so... Sign but hopefully that... entertaining. Oh, yeah, he... I do not. That's not true. <laughs> okay, you're not entertaining. Okay. All right, I'm glad we agreed to that. All right, so <laughs> let's... Uh, E3 came and went. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we had a lot of content already on the site, so you guys can check out, like... Previews for Fallout 4, Horizon, Disgaea 5, uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Uh, what else? Triforce Am Heroes. Zelda. Huh? 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 Oh, yeah. Triforce Heroes. Zelda. You guys can read those. We'll have stuff soon. By the time you hear this recording, you might have seen that Deus Ex will be up on the site. If not, that'll be up soon. We'll have stuff for Divinity and... Some interviews, maybe. <laughs> Other previews, yeah. Footage. Enjoy it. We, oh, XCOM 2. We got something for XCOM 2 up on the site, so check that out. But we're going to go ahead and talk about all the big news that came out of E3 from last week. So uh, we're going to kind of go through each publisher and see what we can cover about that. Uh, some people on our Twitter account at RPG site requested some stuff to be talked about, but I think we already have plans to talk about most of the things they wanted to know more on. So. Let's just go right into it. So the, I think that what we wanted to kick off with was the biggest news out of E3, which were the uh, Square Enix announcements. So what I wanted to start off with is the big one. So they announced that they're remaking Final Fantasy VII. This is the dumbest idea ever. This is so stupid. <laughs> I totally disagree with that. We're on a, it's a weird double-edged sword. It's it's one of those things that like you bring you you're now saying that it's a remake. So what can people expect from it? And you're, whatever, every step along the way of this remake, any new piece of info, it's going to get flagged for both sides. You, you want yes. people who want change. You want people who want it to stay exactly the same. It's, it's, it has a tough, like, they, they gave the news that people wanted to hear. But now where do you go from there, essentially? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the fact that people have been demanding for this ever since they saw that tech demo like no one knew it was a thing until that tech demo surfaced from years and years ago like how long ago was that like unveiling of the ps3 not like, it was 2005 it's been a decade it's been quite a decade and now that they put that out and they're talking about what they're going to do with it it's not going to be the same game. They've already said that much. Yeah. It's not going to be Final Fantasy VII with prettier graphics. Uh, Nomura basically said, hey, that game's there if you want to play it. I think uh, what you're trying play to the say is one. that it's not a remaster. Right. It's not a remaster, yeah. It's not that. It's not it's that. It's an actual it's, remake. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah all they've really said so far, scratch. all they've really said so far is that the gameplay will be different. They don't. They didn't really say how, but it's going to be different, and there's no new characters. And they said that they're going to make it more realistic. Oh yeah. Whatever that means, yeah, whatever. because like, at one Wait, point in that, that game, you're people are going to have realistic proportions. That's Up in, in the, the battles they did. <laughs> Up in the yes, I'm asking. No, let's stick with the polygonal shapes. That's actually good. Boxed arms and legs. That's that's realistic enough. But they um they did say yeah I think like at one point in the game you're like attacking a house so. That game was already pretty outlandish as it was, so I don't know what they're going to do with it. Some people are afraid that it's going to mean the end of turn-based battles. Like, it's going to go straight into an action RPG style like they did with Final Fantasy XV. It's very possible. I mean... Why? It, like, it could go either way. Like, that's the thing. I, I feel like they are going to go for the more action style uh, system because, if, like, if people wanted turn-based, they would just... Why not just play the FF7 PC port? And whatnot. If it were turn-based, so, they can also just pretty much just remaster um, the original seven with better assets, you know. And just it seems like the they're gameplay. Yeah. yeah. So, and well, Sean Layden said they were pretty much building this almost from the ground up. So, um, Sean Layden of Sony. Yep. Exactly. Um, I'm. 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 It's the thing that's worrying is like, how? Where are they getting this money to like even like for this remake? Because they're uh, so. Well, Sony have their fans tied to some of it. Oh yeah, for the exclusivity, first on PlayStation Four. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, I'm sure, is a, is their coffin right now. Is when their coffers. That's where they're getting the money. They're pumping it into this. But um, yeah. I mean, would you be happy if it was more like Crisis Core, like that yeah. kind of battle system, battle system? I, I could, I could go get behind that for sure. Well, it seems yeah, like, that's it seems like the popular things today are like at least an action slant to it. Maybe not like full action game like Final Fantasy fifteen seems to be, but like having that real time element to it, as well as like the open worlds. Now they haven't said anything about like open world or anything like that, but I fully expect them to use Final Fantasy fifteen system that they've already built and just move seven into that. That's kind of what I'm thinking that they're gonna do. I don't. I don't see Final so Fantasy. So you're telling seven. me only Cloud's gonna be playable? Because that's the dumbest fucking. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, it's it's I mean, the, the problem is like if they're gonna make it more realistic. The thing about turn-based, of course, is yeah, you're controlling each character, and so I would maybe see. I would hope it'd be like 15, but you can swap between there, the characters. There was a that's, point at uh, FF15's development in which you could play as the other characters. Yeah, that's true. They this they changed true. their minds. Yeah, and I, okay, so I just gotta throw this idea out as like the most outlandish idea. What if they like they ha gave players like both styles? Like you could either play this action way like fifteen or turn based, just like traditional. Is it like, like Dragon Age level. Inquisition, like the top <laughs> the, the top down view? Like, like you, <laughs> yeah. Man, that'd be I stupid. Think, uh, I don't think I'd be. I okay wouldn't be with surprised that. if we if we see like a semi turn based game for this, like like well like ATB more ATB. like twelve. Yeah, uh, like I wouldn't be surprised if 13? we see something like something that plays very similar to like thirteen or something stupid like that. I don't know. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be too opposed to that. Thirteen as 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 much flack as that game gets, I think the battle system in that game is like, okay. This like, is they say it's a full remake. Do you think they're gonna put as much resources into this than they are like a mainline final? Because I I don't see them. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they're gonna put as much resources they are gonna put like into a mainline Final Fantasy game. Well, they, I don't know. They, they, have, they pump they a, lot have of, a lot of big names on board. Yeah, that's, already, that's exactly so, what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, 
But just because they have big names on it doesn't mean they're going to spend that much time actually working on this, though. Well, they took the, I mean, they took the moral well, I mean, off 15 to put him on 7, person. right? They well, took Normal that's off actually, 15 uh, yeah. not because they wanted to put him in FS7. They took Normal off 15 for other reasons. I feel like they that's part of the reason, though. It's like, if you think about how long this game has been de in development, you could see them saying, okay, okay, we can't have you be working on like three projects at once. And so we're going to put you on Kingdom Hearts 3, but then we also know you're working on the 7. Because apparently, like, last year, they already knew that, at E3, around E3 time, they already knew that the 7 remake was a thing in existence. I'm just like saying, Sony just because did. a person's name is tied to it doesn't mean it's automatically rigged. That's all I'm saying. Um true <laughs> I, I, I think that it's I, I, would, I would say the complete opposite is that if you attach a big name it's mean you're trying to use their name to promote your to as a, like a vehicle for your project sure but that doesn't necessarily stuff. mean the project itself is going to be big it sounds like it from everything they're talking about their the fact that they're remaking it not just like remastering they're it. still early in development they have nothing to show for it which is why they're not saying anything about it I, 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 so. I honestly think there won't, will not be a Final Fantasy 16 for a long time. Seven's um, going to be essentially the the 16th project. Um, yeah, I mean the fact that they took Nomura off the project in September. I mean that, well, it was like around the fall Aaron. time that they Aaron took him off. Aaron said like Nomura wasn't taken off at 15 because of FF7. Like that's not the reason why. Aaron says a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's 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 actually move on from that because I want to talk uh, about more about the stuff. Have a lot of information on that so it's okay let's, let's yeah no it, there is stuff to talk about right. because the, let's let's move on from like speculation um from that side and let's instead talk about final fantasy 7 the game that we know and talk about the scenes what they're going to look like if they translate over to the remake so like for example uh they've already been a lot of discussion about the fact that they said that the cross-dressing stuff is going to be in the remake Nomura already said that and well, so, I don't know if they said that like outright, but they said like, or did they? They they said I they, think they did. They said expect like a lot of the zaniness and silliness to appear. But did they say anything like more specific than that? Listen, I, don't, I really don't care as long as they make Cloud emo again. I'm pretty oh, confident that they they said yeah he did say it. Nomura said that the cross dressing Cloud is going to be in the remake. Yeah, he said like please look forward to it or you know. Well, whatever. Okay, but anyway, it's day and age where people are bitching and moaning if cross-dressing is actually gonna be in a game because the original game had it. It's I'm, just I, like let's sad. not talk about what other people are saying. I'm saying like, let's talk about the idea of the scene in general. Like it's it's so there's there's some actually varying key scenes in Final Fantasy VII that who knows if they're gonna alter for the remake. So like for example, this is something that I did not really notice before. And then I went back and watched the scene. Cloud beats up Eris. Like, there's a scene where he beats up oh, Eris. That's right. Yeah. Because there's a part, I don't want to spoil it, but at a certain point, Cloud, like, loses it. Yeah. It's poorly animated, but then he turns and starts, like, punching her. And so I don't know whether they're going to actually put that in the remake. It's a very emotional scene, a very dramatic moment, because Cloud, obviously, that's the point where he, like, snaps. Um, and so I. Like, what do you guys think? Like, are they? Do you think that they said that the lighthearted moments are going to be there? What do you think about some of these scenes translating? Do you think they're going to like remove them? Are they going to change them? I, do you think they're going to stay faithful? Uh, circumstances have changed, them. right? Um, I like culturally and just socially, a lot of things have changed. Um, and I think they'll be a lot more mindful about these, 
the scenes and how they approach them in a new remake. So I don't think they're gonna outright remove them. I think they'll either either tone it down or alter them to mm-hmm. convey the same type of uh, emotion they wanted you to feel in the original. Um, There's gonna be I, a lot I, of wall punching and just I, screaming. I, yeah, exactly. I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna be as uh, <laughs> even like as graphic as like what it wasn't really that graphic back, back then either because it was, it was like so you know. The way it looked back then just looks goofy, but I think yeah, yeah. That means they're gonna the sex scene, right? The sex scene? The implied (laughs) sex scene. Well, it's all implied, so it's all good. I was just trying to. I'm trying to think of the sex scene. Like, what was it? I'm sorry. No, I'm trying to remember. Like, was there a sex scene? No, there wasn't. Okay. Like a sex scene count with Tifa. There's a implied. All right. Okay. 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 He was right. Is there a S-Link system uh, associated with this? Somewhere. I, yeah. I, Did I, you bring her to a room? The thing I was most curious about, ra- rather than some of the, um, rather than some of the omissions that were, they would do, like um, with the cross-dressing or whatnot, I'd be more interested in how they incorporate some of the stuff that they did since the game has was originally really, originally released, more, like Crisis Core, like like how they're gonna incorporate Zach and stuff like that, because they showed a little bit of him in the director's cut. But they didn't focus on him too much, so like that's what I'd be curious yeah. about. I, I think we will. I, I definitely will, will uh, think that we're gonna get additional scenes that like tied to like reference Crisis Core, and you know all those other side stories of FF Seven. They did say that there might be appearances from characters from other Final Fantasy games as well, since you know um, it's a more modern take on the game. So That'd be uh, weird. I think he, yeah, I think I think they mentioned something like that uh, with like yeah. future Final yeah, Fantasy let's have characters. Yeah, in there. Woohoo! The somehow, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's, 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 that's the teaser scene. That's the teaser scene. That the uh, end credits, just like clouds randomly, you know, walking around doing his thing, and all of a sudden, Noctis is just in front of him. Because why not? I think like they could do a lot of things like that. They could, uh, you know, they could flesh out Sephiroth more than they did because it seems like he was always in the back like he he would show up and then do his thing but i it felt like sephiroth wasn't that well developed in the grand scheme and so that could be interesting okay so here's the thing about sephiroth so i was having a conversation with alex a long time ago about how the game was originally really uh, the original game was really about uh genova but after like the popularity of sephiroth rose they like sort of retconned it so it's focused more on Sephiroth than it really is about Genova because if you really think about it, like Genova just uses the vi- like image of Sephiroth the entire game. That's all. She- that's all she really did. Yep. Spoilers. Well, it's a, spoilers <laughs> like a twenty-year-old game. <laughs> I, 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 we, we should still try to avoid it anyway, just because okay. there is people the playing this is, for like, the first time. I, I think there's going to be some changes to like how the story was like. Much deeper. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm positive there's going to be some not too insignificant ch- tweaks to the story and things. Well, it's not gonna... let's talk about the fact that it's going to have voice acting because I think that's also very important to think about. Like the fact that some of this, my feeling is that this is part of the reason why I have some so, uh, kind of an issue with the games after nine is because once you incorporated voice acting to some of that writing, it sounded weird. Uh, God, I hope Barrett says motherfucker every other line. Awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. Sit your ass down in that chair and drink a goddamn tea. That's all I can think about. Like that that scene when Sid says that. That's um, those like Don Corneo's mansion. Those scenes, the honeybee inn. You know, just thinking about all the different scenes that once you once you voice it and animate it and 
the remake, it's weird. And like that part on the on the ship when like Red Thirteen's standing up walking around on his hind legs, it's so weird. I'm just thinking about like all the scenes that they could recreate. Well, the big recreate. question is: Is will there be a Fort Condor mini game? Ooh! Oh, dude, that hard hitting question. That mini game was so good. I like that. It was. That's it was. <laughs> strategy RPG I, elements in that, and the Gold Saucer. I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, just because like it, is it going to be like 14, like the way they did it there, or are they going to do something more with that? And seeing the summons, that's going to be that's pretty be cool nice. as well. I'm really like, excited to see the Knights of the Round. That's the nights of the round. Is it me That's... or is it really sad when this game seems more ambitious than 15? <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, I mean, it's because we know what to expect. Well, I mean, in 15, well, we have episodes well, listed. It, like, cool. Most, <laughs> most, of, I mean, we, most of everything we're talking about is in Fantasyland right now. We don't really have much to ground this with. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we know what 7 is. Like, we don't know what 15 is still yet because we haven't seen the main game. We've only seen the demo. Yeah. So it's like trying to, a game that's not, the episode Deske is not even part of of the story of 15 we barely know anything just from the trailers and what they've talked about seven we know that it was already really ambitious when it came out like back in what was it 97 yes so like trying to trying to guess what 15 is is totally different but uh obviously they could cut a lot of it out they could shorten the game there's a lot of like extra stuff that might not even make it for the remake because they're going to be doing so many of these changes I hope they don't cut out anything, but I, I hope so too. But you know, we yeah. live we live in a brave new world now, where this is a thing that exists, and you know, we have so <laughs> little info on it. It's just all, say, all, all is left up is to, is to the imagination. I yeah, will say this: true. in typical Square Enix fashion, this game was probably announced way too early. Of course, it is. More information this winter is what they said. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Is this game gonna come out before Kingdom Hearts three? That's my question. I yes. No, I no, it's not. Totally it. not. No, no, no. It's it's definitely not. It's it's Kingdom Hearts three looks like it's almost done. It should be twenty sixteen title, I think. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts three is next year. Uh, Final Fantasy seven seven like two thousand seventeen or eighteen. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. Actually, you know what's funny? I got an update from Amazon the other day for Final Fantasy seven um, with an updated date of next year. So nice. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't even know if Kingdom Hearts is coming out next year. Yeah, I mean, Square Enix showed off a lot of things that may or may not be a thing. In yeah, years. I mean, <laughs> well, that's the thing is that they've already announced, like, several games that are coming out next year. So, yeah, I mean, well, moving aside, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3, of course, yeah, they showed some footage of, um, of the characters there. And so we know what to expect with that. Well, I mean, we, I, we, well, we got to see, you got to see a lot of neat gameplay elements. You saw the transforming. Yeah. Played. I mean, they they showed quite a bit of gameplay, and um, you know the the new outfits and the new uh, they showed the new uh, like the what, what the amusement park ride. Yeah, like the tea cups. Yeah. The cups they, they, that looks they, really they cool. tweaked it a bit, so it's not like a QTE. It's just like an ability you do. Um, the press triangle. Yeah, they, they, over they, and they, over they, and over. They, they did say in an interview, uh, Nomura said that they took out the reactive or reaction commands from uh, two, and it's like a more like time, not exactly a QTE that you mash. But there's like uh, several rewards if you like you time a certain like command correctly during battles or something. Well, that, like. that was kind of one of the things with the reaction command is you could just it like there was no timing element at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. It was an instant win button. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I will say this: all the, the time games, and the Kingdom Hearts game now looks even more empty than ever. Yeah. The, that... <laughs> I mean, we don't know. I mean, it's it's. It was just showing off the Tangled it's, World. It's a couple of minutes worth of gameplay. I mean, they they showed like. 
one scene I remembered is like they had this gigantic cliff in some world. I don't remember what it was, and then like so sword. I think that's Tangled War- yeah, World because something. they showed the trailer and it was it, like it was only supposed to be that world. Yeah. That's all they were showing us. The Tangled World. Yeah, because they had the Disney people uh-huh. up before with the producer. Well, I just remember um, a scene where they showed like the gigantic world, and you're like on top of a cliff, and then it shows like Sora jumping off, kind of, yeah. kind of to, like kind of to ind- indicate like yes, all this the, all this whole area is part of the world that you can play in. But like as Simon yeah. was saying, it, there's that issue of these Kingdom Hearts worlds being like big and empty. Um, well, I mean, and it looks like it's it kind of looks like it's a prequel. Like that game is it, it, it seems like that because they show you know Xehanort, a young Xehanort, and Ericus, so it's like, is it... There'll be prequel elements. Yeah, well, like, yeah, is it flashbacks? Time travel. Oh, time no. travel's already... Oh, no. <laughs> Not again! <laughs> Retconning all the place again! Yeah, Not we're gonna again. make Ericus's death completely meaningless by bringing him back somehow. I don't know how, but, you know, it's gonna well, happen. No one dies in Kingdom Hearts. No one, no one, That's yeah, funny. no one dies in... Like, Everyone's even Maleficent, Dan. Even Maleficent, who you thought you killed in the first game. Nah, this totally like comes back live. the most spoilerish podcast ever. I yeah, let's not talk about that. Sorry, everyone. I'm already yeah. half a Xehanort, man. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm but just, actually, but like, I... out of all these Square Enix games that they're developing, Kingdom Hearts 3 might be the one to, to release, you know, before, you know, the rest. anything else. Even before <laughs> I think... 15? Uh, I don't know. World they of announced... Final Fantasy is releasing Oh, yeah, there's World sure of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Star Ocean is next year. Star Ocean's next okay, year. Okay, those are oh, other it's... things we're gonna get to he means like from like the mainline yeah. square I meant, I meant square enix developed not like it's tries from their is from the three pillars by square enix yeah huh okay i didn't know if it was like outsourced or, i don't I, know i think like the 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 one of the best parts about this kingdom hearts 3 gameplay trailer was like all the little details like when uh you saw eroga or aurora or whatever seeing you saw like the, the the grass were still swaying around sora like and it still remained in that form you saw like actual like wind uh, flowing by. It's like, that looks good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, it was, I was, technically, it was impressive to me. I would like, oh, if, there should be enemies on the field. If there are no enemies on the field and they just pop up as you walk by, I'm going to have a serious problem with this game. Is it, are you talking about just like in the other Kingdom Hearts games yeah. where they just kind of appear? We are, I'm sure. Two generations removed, basically. Uh, yeah. Handhelds. Alright, well, this game should have been out last generation, just saying, man. Kingdom Hearts three? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm at, I, I at this point in time, like as as much as it'd been nice that it came out so um, earlier, it's like I feel better than ever that I'm happy they waited because like the power of the PlayStation Four over the PS three and the you know Xbox One over the Xbox three sixty means they can do so much more with it that I'm perfectly fine with the way what it is. What if I told now. you they were delaying Final Fantasy fifteen in order to take utilization of the PS 5s power? Fantastic. I'm just saying, like, that's a stupid excuse. Like, I mean, there's so many other games to play. I'm not that bothered by it, <laughs> to be honest. I have so much stuff to play. Okay. And I'm, right. I'm okay with a little bit of a wait. But the fact that they're saying, like, we the things that we couldn't do with the PS3, we can do with the PS4, makes me more happy to give them the time necessary. It's like when they announced, like, Last Guardian, like, well, PS3, it was really hard to develop for, and we were pushing the limits of what we could do, but the PS4, now we can do everything we wanted. It's the same with the Final Fantasy games that, like... I just think that's a crappy mindset for development. Oh, we want to do these things, but we can't do it. Time to delay it for next generation. That's just so stupid. Like, you gotta make... I mean, it could be an excuse, yeah. It could totally be an excuse for them to delay. Like, we better say something here to make it sound like we knew what we were doing. No, I mean, it's not even that. It's just, like, in game development, it's all about compromise. If you can't uh, throw shit out the window because 
you're so attached to these game design ideas you have to entire wait an entire generation for like what the fuck are you doing in games development i mean to be fair like Final Fantasy 15 didn't really start developing until like 2011, 2012. I'm not saying for just for Final Fantasy 15. I'm just saying like in general, like like developers should know and set expectations for what they can do and can't do and live by them. Sure enough. I mean, they were shopping around these new consoles like in, what, 2008, 2009 yep. to developers. Yep. And so they were promising all these things that they could do. I'm sure a lot of people were like, you know, we hate this sell process so damn much. So maybe we should wait. <laughs> but it's obviously it's hard to say what, what happened between now and then. Yeah, as you said, Simon, it's like using that as a as an excuse saying I'm this we're gonna wait till the next generation. But then again it's we've never had a generation that went on so long, so it's it's kinda hard to say. But Moving on. Let's 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 move on from something uh, from that and talk about another game they announced, Star Ocean. Star they Ocean. So, they just showed gameplay of it, and it is fucking awesome. Yeah. They, well, they announced the localization good. anyway. Yeah. 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 It looks good. It's 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 interesting because uh, the Star Ocean around uh, they're doing the same thing uh, that they're doing with Dragon Quest Heroes, as we're only getting the PS4 version, and Star yeah. Ocean over in Japan is being released for PS4 and PS3. Yeah. And Which is uh, a smart idea. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, definitely getting more people to go to the next generation of consoles. Uh, Star Ocean 5, well, there's no 5, uh, but it's like Star Ocean integrity and faithlessness now. Yes. <laughs> and, I, oh, man. And, the, and the, the big English thing that they're... It's the crappy yeah. Nomura naming scheme. Like, we can't use the crappy Latin, Latin words, so we gotta use English words somehow. It's, like, <laughs> it's really bad. Ah, you know, it's I, I kind of dig it. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of it's a little corny, Japanese. but... Um, it, look, I mean, okay, so like, I mean, the producer in, 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 went, a, in the world of video games where you can say names like Bravely Default and it sounds totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't the see producer, really the producer even said like in an interview, like he actually like that, like they were thinking like he actually like opened up an English dictionary and tried to find like words that like would fit the subtitle, Good like that, because you know. I mean, when people when, when people ask like what's what the, the subtitle, it's like, well, you know, it kind of deals with the themes of the games, kind of a bit spoilerish, so we can't really say. But I did enjoy the subtitle for Star Ocean Three, though. That was uh, sort of a underlying troll. Once you really yeah, know oh what yeah, that title it was meant. really good. <laughs> it was really good. Till the end of yeah, life. and when the, when and, they and, when they uh, first announced this, they kind of said they're trying to like emulate the Star Ocean Three feel. Yeah. Um, both in, in like in the logo and kind of they had that initial trailer that showed um, some of the other games and they kind of didn't show much of Star Ocean for it. Uh, they, they they kind of are trying to like they were embarrassed. Yeah, there's they're, they're, it seems like they're trying to harken back to like Star Ocean three type style in terms of its. Oh, they were honest. Yeah. They came up and said they felt something was wrong about Star Ocean yeah. four. Like they felt bad Except about the it. Gameplay. So the gameplay was awesome. yeah. Uh, I, I guess good. That, anyway. <laughs> I guess to like elaborate where Star Ocean Five like is in the timeline, it's like it takes between takes place between Star Ocean Two and Star Ocean Three. Yes, it's so, good. so uh, till the end of time. Yeah. This game, this game looks good. The fact that you can have as many fucking party players as you want in the game, like my fucking god, that's awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You saw that train of characters following you on the beach. That was like, whoa, okay, this is looks kind yeah. of. Yeah. So what said cool. is that so the so battles are totally seamless. There are there is no like. There is no uh, like you know screen. traversal screen and then encounter screen. It's all Which is what tails should have done. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were saying. Like when they announced the localization at the E3 conference, they said the the big focus was seamless, being seamless, and so the world was seamless. There's no loading screens. Ba going into battle was seamless. And you use your whole party 
not just you know the four at the top of the list. You use everybody. Um, it actually kind of reminds me of what Triace tried to do, sort of, with Infinite Undiscovery, where you kind of yeah. had like twenty characters, and you, you you did have a party you picked, but then like the rest of your characters kind of acted on their own, and oftentimes um, around you, it was really awkward. But it sounds like they're kind of using like that idea where you just have your whole party. Basically, I don't know if it's the whole party. I know, I know it's up to at least six party members, and oh. it looks like there's like this empty slot there for the seventh. But it's definitely up to six party members with that gameplay trailer, which really surprised me. I was like, wow, you get like this all this action-packed RPG, and you, there's like six uh, characters up on the field. And they did uh, say that there'll be more than those just so, those six characters. So I don't know if it's gonna be all your party members, but definitely at least six, which is yeah. I'm already satisfied with that number. And, and they're saying all the right things. I mean, they even came out like a week ago and said they had no plans for DLC or expansion packs. Oh, they, they want the whole game in one package okay. when they, well, when they ship it. Because they, they hate the idea of having to like give someone a game and then come back later and say, well, this wasn't enough. You guys want this? And so, well, so far, I mean, like everything they've said so far, like... their attitude's been, let me finish uh, just that. It's been really good, and i like to see that more. Well, are you sure they're not even going to do like costumes or, you know... No, they said no. Wait, they said no additional uh, I, costumes. I, I, I kind of doubt no that. costumes? I kind of doubt they that. They said they had no plans to create no, additional I, I kind of figured they'd go like the, the Bandai Namco route where they just... Like, Trius doesn't do that. I don't think Trius ever does that. I don't remember Trius ever like engaging Wait, does that, that mean there's going to be no in-game costumes? Like it's not going to come with any costumes No, it's it's after the shift. I'm saying when it comes to launch, it's the full game. So you can like probably earn costumes and stuff like that in the game, yeah. Oh, man, I really wanted to wear the Edge Maverick outfit, guys. I really did. <laughs> you could get that. Uh, no, could come with the game. So oh speaking of Edge Maverick, we get we got another uh, great uh, so Star Ocean protagonist here. So the the main uh, character in Star Ocean, uh, integrity and faithlessness, is Fidel Camus or Camusi. Fidel. Dude. Fidel. It's <laughs> a good Fidel Castro. Fidel. I'm gonna call him Fidel Castro. God damn, that's another yeah, good name. Yeah, uh, the the. See the pink-haired female uh, character. She might be the heroine. Why does? Uh, yeah, Mickey Sylvester. Mickey. Yeah. So Mickey and that's Fidel. a play on words, right? Because Fidel is talking about fidelity, so faithfulness, and uh, maybe no. What is Mickey? Maybe I don't know. What's What's Mickey? I don't fucking know. Maybe it's probably the last <laughs> name. Probably the last name than anything. What's her last name? Uh, Sylvester. S a u v e s t e r. We're going to say that's integrity. Well, I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Something about okay, integrity. Yeah, that, that, that's 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 Let's make sure this fits. <laughs> Let's complete the subject. That's good. The, the, so, the little, the little uh, girl character that uh, that's hanging around with them at the very beginning of the trailer is Aurelia. The last name just Relia. These characters' the, designs are atrocious, by the way. The very like, Star Ocean. Uh, the, yeah, the very the, Star Ocean. Like, I mean, it, the character designs are uh, from Akiman, right? And, you know, the, lots of Street Fighter, the Akiman of Street Fighter fame. Uh, no, Street it's Fighter just, their outfits look like garbage. Like, here, like, let me give you an example of a good outfit. What's that, uh, FaZe? FaZe is a good-looking character. Like, well-designed, not too extravagant, pretty simple, but looks like a warrior. Like, and then we have shit, like, Miracle. Edge. I'm just like, and I, and I look at this Edge, shit, like, yeah, so Edge, five, it, and I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It looks kind of ghost, but I, I mean, it's version five that looks as bad as Miracle, like a literally like a mm, like literally a half naked cat girl. <laughs> yeah, that was really, that was not the best that choice for them for sure, though. 
Yeah. You always have that uh, unnamed uh, mage there's with that the, witch, the green, there's the green that hair the checkered outfit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the best part about that Spirit Enix like uh, panel when they're showing off the concept art for these is like when they uh, brought up that uh, female wizard or mage, uh, and then uh, she sees a checkered outfit and, she, and she's like, "Oh, that's her skin." Yep. <laughs> like, a little patches. Now, this, really this doesn't really change things, but that character is a fell pool, which in the Star Wars universe they're like the, um, like the animal. They have like the tail. They're uh, they're not like anthropomorphic animals, but they're kind of like humans with cat-like futuristic so she's got a tail and everything so so yeah they dress differently i guess <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a different design it's obviously they're going the thing with star ocean of course is like you're on different planets and so you expect them to look different than normal humans would so that's the excuse i guess right? i'm excited i mean i i didn't uh, i don't know why we're it's still kind of weird that we all want to star ocean after four but you know what it looks good I, well, I, I personally think Star Ocean 4 did a lot of things pretty well if you ignore the characters of the story. Like, yeah. I think it had I think it had a pretty good structure in terms of, like, what you're actually doing when you're playing the game. There's lots of, there's lots of, like, optional paths. You know, it wasn't just straight lines. There's lots of, you know, exploration and looting and of chests and uh, crafting and side quests and extra bosses. And had, it had yeah. reasons to revisit places for new areas and to open new chests and things like that. And I think it did a lot of those things well. Just the story and the characters are total garbage. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And they're saying the right things. That's the most important. Everything they've said so far is like, yeah, you're right. Starship 4 was not that great. I mean, I played it. Um, that last boss was... Oh my god! But it was it was something oh, else. Dude, um, bosses take forever to kill in Star Ocean Four. Holy shit! Yeah, oh my like gosh. you want like different forms. Like I I think I spent an hour on that last boss, not to mention the like, final or dungeon. maybe and I was alive the whole time. It was not weird. to mention the final dungeon is like two hours, three hours long. It's extremely bad. Oh, with um, no save points. Poor yeah, design. Yeah, mind you. Well, there's a. It wasn't even that exciting. It was like I was like I'm still like I I want to beat this guy. I can't like if I lose, uh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> I die here. When's this game supposed to come out? Next, Next year. year. PS4 only here. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, it's it's good because yeah, PS3 and is going is is like falling off the edge of the cliff right now. So it's it's good to see that they're doing that. And I think more people are more comfortable buying a PlayStation 4 than they've ever been. It's been a couple years almost. So, but let's last. I mean, there's a couple more things we still got to talk about. They announced new near, yeah, which was, is oh my god! Games. Like I was in the crowd, like I was going nuts. Like hold on, someone hold me. It's like, oh. like okay. Some of us were kind of, I mean, like some of us were kind of tipped off that we were kind of expecting a near sequel. But I had like, so I had heard that they were gonna. That was their like secret announcement. But I had no idea it was Platinum Games. I was like, what the heck? Like wow. that name came on the screen. I was like. And you heard the music with the piano playing. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, no way this happening. No way this happening. Like, uh, like, like, yeah. Some of us heard about like, you know, a new Nier coming. It's like, okay, but like, who would have guessed it would be would be from Platinum Games? That's just out of this world. There's an unannounced and they're Platinum big fans. Game. Yeah, and, it's and like, the thing is, it's like near the original game. I haven't played it much. I, I own it. <laughs> That's like your that's like your verbatim. That's like what you mostly say about things. You never play yeah, it, but you should really play it. Anyways, I have it, but like near, it didn't really. It doesn't really seem really much like a platinum style game. And like now, kind of actually no. It's it's actually kind of because it's a weird like the the combat in the original was very weird. It mixed like bullet hell with normal combat, 
and it was a, it was an action RPG. Like it was the, it was action combat. So you ran up and I uh, fought things. So you could totally see it's kind of like you know DMC or something like or or Bayonetta. Like, I'm going way off the topic. It's totally not like that at all. <laughs> but you could see how they could take the combat in that game and make it like that. So like combos and all these things like a uh, really fast paced combat integrated with a very strong story. You could see it. Like I'm not a huge platinum fan. Like I I. I think some of their games are trash, but like I could tell if you put them and and make the combat good in those games, it could solve a lot of problems people had with the original. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's that's a missing link. The original good? I never played the original. It was great. It's excellent, but the gameplay is janky. Yeah, gameplay not that great, but the story, the the music. <laughs> they, That's actually. Uh, well, the gameplay was ab- was an absolute garbage. It was, Wait, it was you so mean like the story <laughs> was really good and the combat was really bad? Well, I, wasn't being I wouldn't say serious. the combat. <laughs> oh, okay. Combat in Nier wasn't bad. I would say it was very. It was mediocre. Yeah. It was just... Oh, if you think it's mediocre, then it must be bad. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I put up with a lot of stuff but no the story very powerful storytelling and they obviously in this game they retained a lot of the same staff uh, Keiichi Okabe um, still the composer and so you got a lot of the, the people that made the original great but now you have a new developer behind it to back them up with Platinum Games man I just think it was just it, the stars aligned for this, this announcement because uh, who would have thought that the Inaba and Taro would be up on stage. Of course, Taro, being Taro, has his emule head, uh, wearing his emule head. Everyone's like, what the hell is this, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, was just, uh, it was pure bliss. Because <laughs> Toko, yeah. We're now in the year 2015, and now Nier is, is a more powerful name than ever because you have that Platinum Games brand behind it. It's getting that, that attention and that amount of love to it. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and all we know from that trailer is that more information to come this fall. Uh, and also, like some of the other stuff they've talked about since then, like what the director is saying, like it's gonna have a happy ending. And then, like he said that at a roundtable, and everyone else is like, "Wait, no, no!" <laughs> yeah. From what I've read, you—that's no. not what's gonna be at all. It's gonna be a very sad ending. He's like, "No, oh, trust no, me, so. it's gonna be a good Taro's, ending." <laughs> uh, has a very interesting definition of happy, but uh, yeah. some other tidbits of news like came out uh, beyond that announcement in like some magazines. Like I think they said that there's gonna be uh, three uh, playable characters, three main. Yes. Uh, characters in the game and they're still deciding how they're going to organize that it's still very much early in development uh but it's just I'm this game's not coming out until 2017 <laughs> probably probably they they said more information to come this fall and oh yeah and, and also like um what, what else did they it's, it's like 10 uh, percent of development i believe right now yeah yeah it's well like still games they have uh Scalebound they're working on um Transformers, Star Fox, and, well, Star, Star Fox. Fox. Yeah, so they. I mean, I know some of those, like the Transformers. Transformers. Probably, probably pretty small Robots projects. In generally, but yeah, they get there. I don't know really how big Platinum is, but yeah, they're. They got. Work. <laughs> it's contract work. work. They they're working with other developers too. I feel besides, like, just, I feel yeah. like what Platinum does is they actually have an engine. They actually have the same engine running for every single game they develop, and they just put skins over it. I'm like, okay, we have this massive engine with all the fighting and combat mechanics already pre-built let's just add in transformers okay here we go really say okay that's done all right let's they, put they star over the have. skeleton I think you're probably just... simplifying it too much they definitely just, have that's a how i imagine playing them games it's just they're yeah. like <laughs> they just put skins over it and just release games and be like Fuck, <laughs> whatever yeah and i mean and the other things that we kind of know about the new near project is the fact that I think it's that the story takes place in the same world as the original one, 
but that um, it's, to the future. it's like totally different locations. Uh, they said some characters that, would reappear. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. way into the future, and then there'll be like some minor characters that were in the first year that'll make like some sort of appearance in there, but they won't like. It's not elaborate how, but they said. Yeah, it it's not gonna be like anything significant as far as we know. Yeah, and it's like the fact that like there might be the cameos, but they said there's very little connection, so people can play this new one without having to pl play the original. Although I still recommend it, um, but. And I, what was it like? They also said it's they aim the goal to be at sixty frames, yeah, so yeah. they're trying to push the 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 boundaries of what they can do with the hardware, but still have that same feel as the original, like the same look and design I'm totally okay as the original. That. I mean, because Nier didn't have the uh, most stable frame rate, and Dragon Guard Three was just oh, uh, that was terrible. I still haven't. <laughs> I bought that game, and I've only played like a few Dragon hours. Dragon Guard of it, Three maybe. FPS. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's right. <laughs> it's that's more accurate than uh, most. It's really sad because the game has really good like character and art design oh, yeah. in my opinion. It's... Oh yeah, totally. Like every time I see the sketches alone and the music, of course, that's that by large that's big. But yeah, so like I thought that the girl that was in the trailer was Yona, but that's not the case at all. So let's let's throw that that out in the window but yeah i think otherwise they're still obviously it's still in development so they don't have a grasp on it apparently like there's there's points when the three characters could be meet like they could meet with each other and then part but they still they said maybe we'll work on that so yeah. it's everything's all speculation at this Plot point twist. the it's main character is actually this is actually a prequel lol oh my gosh like i mean a the important part is that it exists. Prequel to what, though? Um, Nier? Dude, I'm just literally throwing shit. I, I told you, I haven't played this. <laughs> played Nier 1. Yeah, I was, was going to say, like, Nier started at a weird point, so it's kind of... A, I, I mean, don't know. It's just, it's in... The important part is that it exists. It has a, the star team behind it, and yeah. we'll stay tuned. <laughs> Please be excited. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then finally, they announced a whole new RPG from this new studio. We knew already about this existing, kind of. Not, not the fact that it existed, but that a team was working on it because last year, Tokyo RPG Factory, which is what they're now known as, um, their site had like job listings that you could well, go to. Kind of, it was, they even said outright that they were planning on making a studio de dedicated to console RPGs. That was yeah. in their plans, and now we now we see we see the starting of that with Tokyo. What is it? Tokyo RPG Factory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that once again, it's like they don't have any information right now. Um, because they even said up front, like, it's very early in development, guys. Um, we just want to show you some concept art. And so they showed that concept art with some music playing, but that was it. And they called it Project Setsuna, uh, is the name of it. Did Have they said anything else about that oh, game? No, they want to emphasize the feeling of traditional Japanese RPGs. Yeah. yeah. Is that why it's so, called Setsuna? Please be excited. No, I, I think there's... Do you know? Because I don't know. I've, I don't, I don't know. I mean, just I it, think they're going to elaborate on that name. later. It's a project name. <laughs> I mean, does that mean anything Sounds in Japanese? Because cool. I think it's like, let me look it up. <laughs> Setsuna is a Japanese word meaning a moment or an yeah, instant. Yeah. So it, it could Axiom, maybe it's okay. maybe it has something to do with time travel. Maybe time travel. Who knows? No one got that. Joke, I like to think so everything. I think everything is 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 time travel. So. But. But let's. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on, I mean, that's Square Enix. A ton of games announced, but a lot of stuff is, like, a long way in development. But we have, you know, Star Ocean next year to look forward to, so that's pretty much it. 
but now let's let's move on to something more westernized. Wait, wait. How about we can't we can't, we can't get off squaring next yet? Why? Because <laughs> am I missing something? You forgot mankind divided. Deus Ex. You forgot, of course. <laughs> you forgot the uh, best. J you got. You forgot the best RPG to come out. You, you forgot the best JRPG. Yeah. <laughs> no. We only talk about JRPGs on this podcast, you guys. What are you talking yeah, about? We, no, we are it's... a JRPG site after all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Filled with Dan Japanese talk... people whose last name starts with Reese Vitali. <laughs> no. Let's let's move on. Okay, Deus Ex. Let's talk about Deus Ex, guys. Looks good. So, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, so they showed. Um, I mean, like so. Human Revolution, I thought, was a really good game, but it had some, you know, pretty clear, like, blemishes. The, what, what's most commonly brought up are, like, boss battles. Boss battles. Which, they were tweaked later, um, but boss battles, and also it had, like, a, a slant towards the stealth, you know, option or route, where being stealthy and sneaky rewarded you better. Um, so, and it was kind of, it wasn't really balanced in that way, and, like, if you wanted to run and gun, you were kind of you know, handicapping yourself. It was designed so, like Splinter Cell. Right. Yeah. So I know those are the things they mentioned is that they're, they're, they're putting more, they're dedicating more, you know, time and effort into bosses, which, um, and then they they're, they said that there's, um, there's no wrong way to play the game in terms of you can be sneaky, you can be, you know, guns blazing. Um, so you can do what you, whatever you want, which of course is like what every developer tries to say, but, um, there sounds like they're, at least saying the right things. Um, They're definitely building upon, you know, the lessons learned from Human Revolution because, you know, of course, the boss battles, they're not outsourcing the boss battles this time, too. <laughs> you know, that was it, development woes. Yeah, they kind of admitted that was just like an afterthought, you know. They didn't yeah. want to do it, but they kind of, you know, reluctantly did it just to, at that I point. I have my hopes for this game. I yeah, think yeah. I think it's gonna turn out really well. I think they knew what made the first game good, and they're gonna capitalize on that. And a lot of people like it's not like a lot of people hated that first game. I think out of all the, I think out of the trifecta between Hitman, Tomb Raider, and Deus Ex, I think Deus Ex was the one that was most well received. I at least I, I that's definitely. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's a conclusion, a foregone conclusion so, I mean, at I, this I, point. I, I expect this game to be well like well-crafted and they're going to be like one of the things i loved about the original um when i say the original i mean human revolution was the level design i thought the level design was really good and i hope that they don't i hope they don't uh make the game super open world like um and uh, sort of stick to like semi-open world like they did in deus ex human revolution because yeah that made the game like when you discover when you're like when you're going around is it, is it shanghai or it's one of the cities in china like like when you find new places, it like it felt awesome. Like you're like you just randomly run around, and you're in a sewer, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's 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 Shanghai, but yeah, it's I like that too. But then again, like when I played that game, most of the time, all I was doing was going around to different kiosks at computers and reading email. Yeah, so that was the best. That was the thing of that game. I was just reading conversations of people sending email back and forth to each other, learning about them. So. They did promise a lot more of that. So the one that's... thing, the one thing I'm really worried about is the story. Like the from what I yeah. from, from what I read of the premise, it just doesn't sound as interesting as the first. Yeah. Thing. What what are they calling it? Mechanical apartheid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah that's Adam. That's that. not. Adam is literally that's going not. against the Illuminati in this game. <laughs> yeah. They actually the the Illuminati this like, this weird organization or whatever well, they put it as. I just thought the first game had a lot of implications between like people who are augmented and like the 
what is it called the um the ethics behind it and how like people were using it and i thought the way the game ended was extremely like extremely good it was like a culmination of a lot of themes that they were representing throughout the game and when i read the premise for mankind divided it just screams like it just screams really shallow like there's not there's no depth to what they're trying to do like it's adam going in and i'm gonna blow shit up and that's like it Oh yeah, there also happens to be a divide between mechanical and people. Yeah, I mean, they haven't talked too much about the story about that stuff. I mean, it's it's been like it seems like it's yeah, it's a lot of like man versus machine kind of thing. So it's like obviously the struggle to be accepted, but then apparently we all. I mean, I don't know if who else beat the game, but the way that game ended and what they decided to the ending that they decided to go with for mankind divided. Uh, Seems pretty nuts. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be like. But my thing was more about the world itself. And so the huge industrial complex and all the... Like they showed the, like the subway terminal. They showed like all these different locations in that. The open world itself. So I'm, I think that's my big draw to the series. Because I'm a huge fan of cyberpunk. Especially for the world everywhere. Yeah. Air ducts. <laughs> neon signs. I'm just interested in um, how since they're gonna you know revamp the boss battles obviously but how well they're gonna do like the dialogue system like you know for like non-lethal uh boss battles yeah they said, that's gonna did, be did they, I, I sometimes get my games mixed up but they, did they say you could you could clear this game without killing anyone yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. they already said that <laughs> they said you can be totally stealthy or totally totally be action bait action focused but like apparently the name the game's not going to be different for you like you it's not shutting you out from other content decided based on what you decided to do so you can that, skip boss fights entirely <laughs> that's the big Enjoy. thing that like i i disliked about human revolution at the very beginning because like the human like human revolution is like the quote-unquote tutorial boss battle like had you you could like talk him out of you know <laughs> whatever he's gonna do I never did that, yeah, so I, I don't I, know I, what I, that I, was. I did the first, I was like, oh shit, like, like, you know, like, I can, I can do this in the game, and then, no, every boss, and I was like, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even remember what the tutorial boss was. He, he yeah. had, like, the, the hostages. He had the eye patch, dude, he was trying to kill the black woman. Oh, that's the right. The director of the factory or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I am ringing a bell, <laughs> okay. I think his name was, like, Zahid oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, I remember like now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something I was thinking like of like the big brute guy who you basically like. <laughs> oh yeah, that was also new. <laughs> no, no, not that yeah. guy, dude. He's he's okay. like the first no. actual boss or whatever. That you I wish you could talk him out of like him brutalizing. It's like, hey man, we can talk this out. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't man, throw can that you just not charge me every two seconds? Stop charging me! <laughs> <laughs> Mankind divided. Excited for it. 2016, yeah. right? Uh, did they say like? Was it early 2016? That's got to be like. I don't think they. I don't think they specify. Q1, Q2. It's got to be out it was, before the end of the fiscal half, year. First half 2016. Yeah. Half, okay. yeah. It's got to be like by March because they need to fit that within the fiscal year. So I know Hitman was early 2016. So or I'm, I'm just pulling that out. No, of my Hitman. Ass, but... Hitman is December one. Well, that's right. December first, and then retail later, or something like that. <laughs> really oh weird. yeah, yeah, that's right. There's that's a whole weird. thing. Like they're gonna they're gonna put the game out. Like it's, digital yeah, might be digital only. PSN where it's good. they're gonna have a bunch of missions out, and when they have enough missions, they'll make a physical release. Like early access. Yeah, they're gonna. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Like, <laughs> you're working together, doing contracts. Like they're gonna kind of leak, uh, pull them out like week after week or whatever their schedule is for that. But let's move Speaking on because w, we're talking w too much time. <laughs> Yes, let's talk about Fallout 4 because I wanted to game move on to the Square show. Enix. So, Fallout, your game of the show? Oh, yeah. You bet. 
Sold. Is there anything Fucking that you felt dude. like? <laughs> that game looks so good. And I hated Fallout 3. <laughs> what what makes you so excited about Fallout 4 then? Yeah. I like this. <laughs> it looked so good and I hated Fallout 3. That was awesome. Okay, Simon, what do you, what, 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 It's what like looks the same game about, to me. What looks good about Fallout 4? Okay, so the weapon customization just looks really solid. As, if it does what I'm thinking it does, where like it really changes how you, you know, actually shoot your gun, like how it actually feels to use a gun, that's already awesome in and of itself. Um, I really they, like the town building. The town building sounds really fun and really cool, where you could like create your own mini like empire of awesome radioactiveness. Sounds awesome. Well, um, they, they they also they said that like now for the crafting part you mentioned, like every item in the game can be used in crafting in some regard. Yeah, right. Er, I mean, everything has a purpose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fallout had a lot of like junk items that were kind of like fun, maybe fun to collect or whatever, but they didn't really actually do anything. Yep. So now they're actually saying like you can take parts, pieces apart, and use them in various weapons. And they, in the trailer, they showed a couple of really silly things, like a baseball bat with saw blades attached to it. Or oh whatever. yeah, dude, that looked awesome. I was just like, <laughs> shit, this is like Dead Rising too. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, um, and no, like you game, could dismantle things. Just solid. The oh, world man. actually looks um, fun to explore and look around. Like when they did like that trailer of all the panoramic shots of various locales and stuff like that. Those locales looked interesting to visit. Whereas in like Fallout Three, like everything was just the wasteland and yep. not fun. It didn't. It just didn't look enjoyable to like roam around and do shit in. So that was my problem. Even though like Skyrim, uh, Oblivion, and like Fallout Three, they all played sort of similar. Um, I did not enjoy Fallout 3 at all because it just didn't feel fun to me in the world. Fallout 4 looks fun. There's more color to it. It seems like there's more humor. The only thing I am discounting about the game right now is the dumb mutt. And no, that, that's dumb mutt? Come dogs. on now. What? Nothing against dogs. It just looks like gimmicky. So, I mean, I don't know. Gimmicky? That's just me. This game, I mean, this game it's is, your companion. I mean, you had a companion like in Fallout different. 3 too. I mean, the dog was there. I know the dog was there. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm a big fan of dogs. Did they, I mean, did they confirm if it was optional or not? Um, the dog? Game, the, the dog, yeah. I don't think so. I think it was. I don't know. I'm, I'm... Spoiler alert, you die and the dog carries on your legacy. Oh, okay. All right. I think it's that... It, I think all they said was that in Fallout 4, something about, like, you couldn't kill the dog, so it's never going to die. Uh, I think that's what they, they confirmed that part. That's weird. That's so you problem. can let the dog... I'm sure you could tell you, right? it to stay there. You can tell the dog to stay there and walk away. That's, that's gotta be because you have a doghouse. Radioactive material. Like, wear this radioactive jacket and turn to a mutant dog and kill shit. It'd be awesome. Now, in Fallout 4, they didn't really say much about what the story is, but they did what Todd Howard, the director, was saying was like, it, it, the story is supposed to be like your story and like whatever you decide to do, you know basically events or affects what's going to happen which i know is what they kind of always say but um it sounds like that's they're they're also really trying to like have it so there may not be a singular path in terms of like how the story progresses like there's not just gonna be like you have to do this story quest line to proceed it might be able to might be able to proceed in a couple of different ways anyway but it didn't really I show much about get that like one ending yeah we don't know <laughs> maybe probably <laughs> it like just that, looks uh, like skyrim plus Fallout plus Mass plus, Effect put together. Plus Minecraft. Plus yeah, Minecraft. the fort, the fort building in that. We talked about it on the last podcast. What we did after the Bethesda, but yeah, the fort building seems like the most impressive thing to me because I'm kind of a sucker for yeah crafting and all that stuff. But yeah, finding different um, 
materials around the world and then coming back and building this place and apparently there's going to be multiple places where you can build your fort yeah. at um, so it's not like you have to run all the way back to this one specific location to do it you could totally just have it in this other town all the way across the world because it's going to be a huge map as they've said um they said so, it's truly building it? your own empire <laughs> yeah pretty much and then people all the outsiders come in and can uh, inhabit this place and then you can get attacked by raiders so you got to build defenses and you can build logistics into the places so you can tell them like okay when this guy runs over this specific point or when they trip a wire then this other thing goes off this turret or whatever so you could be very careful about that or like like a motion sensor or for the lights that pop on like if someone walks out the light comes on so you can build your own home and you saw like at the end someone built like this giant sign of the pit boy of, of the uh, vault vault boy and so that was yeah man dude i wish i had this game in college my college career would be ruined right now but if you, i had more time to play it than right now and the customizable like the power armor yeah, oh my gosh oh, this game uh, just looks so good Another like big detail uh, about Fallout 4 that they mentioned too, like in during Microsoft's conference, was the ability to transfer PC mods over to the console version of uh, Fallout 4 for free. Yep, for free, yep. for free. Yep, that's, well, that's just so you make them on the one is going to play from now on. I think period. They said it's going to be on the other consoles too. Like it's coming to PS4 yeah, later as well. They're going to try to yeah. get on PS4. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Microsoft is going to have a bleeding edge over PS4 with Xbox One and Windows. Uh, uh, what's it called? Like uh, functionality, like. I mean the streaming's pretty awesome. I like that, but uh, I mean it's the mods. That's that's pretty damn cool. Like it's the fact that there were so many mods for Fallout Three and New Vegas. Thinking of the fact that you could extend the life of Fallout Four by downloading these mods, like campaign mods. Uh, you can download someone's pre-made fort or something like that and put it in Fallout Four as well. There's like so many possibilities there they they could use. It makes me wonder how far it goes, though. Like, mm -hmm. will you be able to import, like, graphical mods and all this other stuff that is supposed to push the PC? I don't think that's going to happen, you know? There will be like, limitations, how could I you... believe. Yeah, uh, there's got to be, be limitations. There's a realistic factor to all this, hopefully. Yeah. There's going to probably be some sort of marketplace for that. I mean, not a marketplace, but some, like, some way you can find and download these things. Because, like, if you're going to have to transfer them from to PC to Xbox One, like... Is it going to be like an app in Windows, or is it what, what's it going to be like? I, 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 these things I question, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Fallout Four, sure. it's out November tenth. Very That's strong showing. It's part it's two. Yeah. It's coming it's right away. Coming so soon. Yeah, like yeah. They, they the first time they show it really, and then they announce you know it's coming out like six months later or whatever. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Pretty. I just hope that it just and, doesn't like cripple itself at launch. Well, apparently it's been in development since what they said, like Fallout. Since, since 2011 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the since the last Fallout, so it's it's been it's been in development for quite some time, and they they had like Skyrim as well that they dealt with. But yeah, it's been in development for a long time, so it's not like they just announced it and quickly put it out. But you don't really see too many games like that. Like Skyrim yeah. was announced, and then it wasn't out till the following holiday mm -hmm. season. So, yeah. but. Let's let's put a thoughts forward to the side now because there's still a lot to talk about um, that E3 had for us. So, how about we talk a little bit about Nintendo? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, we have some. They announced some big games. Oh well, or they shared more information about it. Apparently, a lot of people were disappointed with the Nintendo at their E3 conference this year. But let's not talk about that. Instead, we know more now 
about the two big Fire Emblem games. And so, well, I should say it's one's the Shin Megami Tensei game with Fire Emblem characters in it, and then Fire Emblem Fates. So, I mean, you guys, Adam and Josh, you guys were there reporting on the new um, Shin Megami Tensei cross Fire Emblem game that they put out, which Janae Ibunroku... Josh, how do you pronounce that? Gen- I don't Gen- know. Gen- Sharp Effie. Okay. That, Sharp Effie. It's true. Yeah, so <laughs> they they had a trailer for it. Like it was the, yeah. it would be the second trailer for it. And but it didn't really show a whole lot more except it was more like J pop singing and stuff and it was actually still kinda of confusing what the, what the heck is this game? We, we, okay, so but, but then like, they it, then it, they actually oh. demoed it um at their mm-hmm. treehouse stream and actually one of the one of the treehouse guys even said like it's you could call it a J-pop RPG, um, so yeah, it's it's a game where it's kind of actually kind of got like a Persona style. It's set in Tokyo, modern day, and you have the characters, and all the characters have like an inner like spirit energy of some sort. They call them their performa, not their not their persona, but their performa. So yeah, and then so there's these creatures from another world, which I don't remember if that world they're, has. They're called, they're called they're, mirages. The creatures are called mirages, oh, no. um, and they're like draining the the performas from people, and then so the the main cast of characters who are called the Mirage Masters, they get they get friendly mirages who look like Fire Emblem characters, and they are going to fight the not so friendly mirages. Uh, is that the uh, gist of it? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's basically the, the 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 underlying like basis of this whole thing. It's it's a weird thing. I I would say that it's like it does have a persona like feel to it, but actually having like uh, puzzles in their dungeons, it's not like randomly generated, yep. uh, like in Persona Three, for example. Like it, it gives me more of a, a Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey vibe, and uh, because the and the gameplay demo. The, the gimmick of the dungeon they were showing was, I, I kid you not, was there's this, there's these gigantic made outfits uh, throughout the dungeon, <laughs> and then, like you you, you, you yeah. travel to the uh, new areas in that dungeon by traveling through their sleeves, and then like there are mechanisms uh, scattered around position. that dungeon, yeah, that change the position of this uh, made outfit, so it can like uh, be holding like its sleeves like a di- uh, diagonal uh, pattern, so you can get up to like the higher level through its sleeves. Which- that's the, I think this is the this this is a pretty huge deal. Like the Persona games, at least the recent ones, they're just randomly generated like tower dungeons. It's you know it's the same floors, uh, or especially Persona Three, but even Persona Four just had you know just repetitive floors you kind of went through, mm-hmm. and so these are like actually like constructed and designed places that you have to kind of navigate and figure out. And they even said like there might be some areas you can't access. You know, on on the first time through, and might have to be revisited later. Um, so that was one of the things they showed, and then of course they showed our very first look at, or more detailed look at combat. Um, and they it they 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 described it as being a mix between the SMT elemental like advantage system as well as yeah. the uh, Fire Emblem weapon triangle. So it's turn based. Yeah. It's, it's so like Fire. So just like Fire Emblem. <laughs> Well, it, it's Fire Emblem already had the magic triangle in death. Well, it, uh, yeah. has, uh, it has it's like the like weapon triangle. Type, it's got like a Grandia type turn system, sort of. Mm-hmm. They didn't show that too much, but you have like turns, and then like what you do, depend, uh, what what how you spend your turn will change how much time it takes and such and things like that. And there seems like yeah. there seems to be like an interrupt system, you know, if your attack, you know, if you time your attacks. Um, 
Yeah, you can do attacks, like in, oh, like in Persona or whatever. You can do your weapon attacks, and then you can do like combination attacks if you get certain you know bars to fill. Um, you can combine your attacks with other characters, your Mirage Master party, yeah. or you can like call upon the uh, like sub characters as well as the the friendly Mirages. So there's there's seem to be quite a bit, quite a few things you could do uh, in terms of um, this battle system. And and did they didn't they show like so you said to build a relationship so isn't there like an affinity system so the more that you work together like the bi- the bigger there's a chance for like these these dual attacks or something like that I, I think I saw that too uh, I'm not sure exactly the how dual attacks are like if they're strengthened like that I'm not uh, they didn't really specify say, that yeah oh I thought I I could have sworn like they talked I about they how kinda, they, you can build kind up of these uh, hinted they at some relationship oh, okay. building but they didn't really specify but yeah there are dual attacks that you can do with your other characters so i wouldn't be surprised if there's some way to like you know that that, that would be affected by your relationships um and what then of course think- they oh. throw in a lot of they throw in a lot of uh like you know franchise uh fan service in terms of like the the, the fire emblem characters of course but like there's the mart you go to which is like the hee-ho mart which is the jack frost guy from the hee-ho yeah uh, from smt Hi-ho! It was like hee haw, and then when we saw it, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> and then hee-haw. like the uh, the shopkeeper, at least at one shop, is the is Anna, who is basically a recurring character in the Fire Emblem series. Um, and then, so yeah, they they really they showed that that was kind of our first look at like the gameplay, the both the dungeon traversal as well as the combat. They showed a few other things, like you can you can wander around uh, Shibuya, um, and there was like a messaging system. That you can get with the characters, but they didn't really show much of it. They said it was there's spoilers there or whatever. Um, so not exactly sure what you do like outside of battle too much, but but yeah, it's it's really. It, yeah. I was kind of put off on this game at first because it's like this doesn't seem anything like SMT or Fire Emblem, but it's it seems like to be kind of like a pretty unique take and on what it's doing, and so it's it's interesting to say the least. I just think it looks yeah, like and, like, I, <laughs> and I, I, I think I think even Nintendo. I'm sorry, Simon. Go I ahead. I just don't know what to say about this game. Like, it just looks so bad. I guess. Did you Did you see the gameplay demo? <laughs> I did see the gameplay demo. It looked okay. Like the <clears> gameplay <throat> demo, it didn't show it. Uh, well, I mean, it was. I, I the fact that it had like actual dungeons, um, and inter- in the combat looked energetic. That. That kind of like I'm I'm definitely more interested now than it was when it had these confusing. You know what's the first thing I thought of when I saw the non randomly generated dungeons? The first thing I thought of is I hope Persona Five is gonna have that. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Cause. Yeah, leaving a dungeon, coming back, and it's totally different. That can sometimes be a little bit of a, <laughs> a deal. Some of. The- I mean, I think that Nintendo also said like they expect this game to get a mature rating on the ESRB. Oh, yeah? Okay. And I think that's the first. Isn't that like the first mature-rated Fire Emblem game in that case? Yes. Because uh, yes. I don't. I don't think that. Yeah. I think. I think because Awakening. I think is rated teen. So mm-hmm. that's kind. Of, I mean, the fact that it's gonna be rated mature. I mean, Shin Megami Tensei is in four rated mature as well. Yeah. I mean, like most of the Shin Megami yeah, Tensei. Pretty, pretty much every Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think all of them. So. Like, what are they going to do with that rating? I mean, besides the fan service, because we already see be, that is going to be To be, be fair, this game is already niche anyway, so if it's rated M, what the fuck? Why does it matter? 
I mean, to be fair, at this like, like in this day and age, the average gamer is uh, is is like thirty five years old. So it's like it doesn't really matter anymore the ESRB rating too much because this game is obviously not meant to cater towards them. Like people, kids don't have any reverence for this either series, and so I can I'm perfectly cool with them putting out a mature rated niche game like this. But it looks really cool. I love the design. Yeah. yeah, the the design is uh, it's it's very you know stark contrast to what you ever uh interested like. Do you remember, do you remember that announcement trailer where they showed oh, like yeah. they showed like Kaneko art and they showed uh you know the Fire Emblem <laughs> characters and then like the, the and then the next trailer you get this J-pop stuff and that was. Yeah. No, I mean the, the, it reminded me of Star Driver. <laughs> nice. It's a it's a preconceived notions like it's it's weird because how on the way they announced this thing because it is teased back how, how many years ago 2013 it was a long time ago yeah two years is now a long time by the way uh in like mini eternity for a game tease <laughs> yeah uh so it just had people had like very preconceived notions already because they usually saw artwork of like just copy and pasted artwork from like uh, protagonists from smt and pro- protagonists from fire emblem and it's like okay they're gonna combine these characters together and then like they but they they released that because you know, just confirming that they have a deal on that, not necessarily indicative of their final product. They didn't know exactly what they were gonna do with this at that point in time. Yeah. So, but I think I think it it worked out for the best. Uh, uh, I know a lot of know. people may be displeased with that, but I think it, I like exploring new territory with this instead of just like uh, what's uh, tried and true. Uh, yeah. I I'm more of a fan of just like making some people were making jabs like uh, the combat and the exploration here is gonna be better than Persona Five and. You know, obviously we haven't seen a lot of yeah. we haven't seen a lot of Persona Five yet. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I'm I'm more I'm more interested in like how they're gonna handle just the general tone of the game because what yeah, we see now is yeah. just very yeah. uh, very jolly, very happy. But then you saw darker elements in that gameplay. Yeah, the dungeon, the dungeon was like all SMT in Persona. It was just like that could be kind of cool. Like you like this very lighthearted, and then all of a sudden like things get really serious really things fast. Were, things were already getting that? serious in the plot end of that because in the gameplay, like you already introduced this antagonist that reminds of uh, uh, Subasa. I think that the name of the. Uh, female main character there are reminded of her sister and now that brings the question like oh what happened to her sister is that the antagonist uh that she's encountering you know it might might it be her sister uh, like are humans getting you know something's happening with these other getting, world beings zombies. yeah i mean like when they switched over to the, the environment of a, of uh when uh, everything was getting corrupted like you saw like the silhouettes that were like you know uh, bustling out and about were like all like torn down and like on the streets just lying down you know just everything's getting sucked out of them it just it's a very stark contrast and i'm interested to see more of that and like there's more to this than than meets the eye and i think people shouldn't write it off just yet no sorry i totally agree it looks awesome looks good um but you know yeah it's, it's it's it looks like a really good game and so i think it's important that people have an open mind for that but you know how people can be so we'll just see what else that we got so i think that simon's tapping into our document here i'm going to read this we didn't talk about this well, yes. fire emblem fates which is what fire emblem if is going to be called in the united states and in europe so Wait, they, no, backwards, you, backwards backwards what? what? You said it's gonna be called Fire Emblem If. Oh, well, I, sorry, I think I misspoke. Yeah, Fire Emblem Fates is what they're calling Fire Emblem If in America and Europe. Um, yeah. So, um, it they they confirmed it's gonna be two versions. 
um, what was it? Birthright and Conquest? Yeah. Um, yes. So birth- Birthright is, is the white version. Conquest is... Uh, Josh knows the actual Conquest Japanese Conquest is the Nora right. version, and Birthright is yeah, the Hoshido right. version. Those are the two, like, families. Yeah. So this wasn't... All, not all of this was touched on in E3, but over the last couple of weeks, they revealed that the marriage system is back from Awakening. Um, there's a base system where you kind of create your own, you know, it's almost like Suikoden in style, create, you know, creating, you know, your headquarters that you can do various things in. There's a face rubbing mechanic, <laughs> which is kind of awkward. And same sex marriage. Yes, and they this is this came out after E3, but there's at least one character you can marry who's of the same gender, one for each path. Um, so it's it's out in Japan now, um, and so this this game's coming out in in the West next year. Uh, it seems to be it it's supposed to be the longest game yet, I guess. Um, and then. Right. And I've been hearing some great things. I mean, so far, um, because, the, yeah, the game's out in Japan now as of today in um, our time. Uh, and so far, it's, it's there's been a pretty strong reaction to it. I think they're saying, like, that story does some pretty yeah, it, insane it, things. Yeah, it seems like it tries to really tear you apart between the two, like, paths, and, like, you feel like crap, whichever path you, you pick. Yeah, this, this um, split uh, doesn't occur till Chapter 6, so during those first six chapters, you're really building up these relationships <laughs> from uh, from both characters both main characters in each path so like they want this decision to be big like you have to really think about like which care which like you know set of characters you care two about versions, more. two yeah. versions done right <laughs> where games yeah. have two that's versions, the thing done right and they said that the so it's it seems like we're not gonna have to wait long for the third dlc because or the third path dlc because that's out in july in japan so it's only a month away there was i, I think like personally i had some concern about like by the time it's going to come out here, is the third path going to be available? Are we able to going to go right into it? But no, it's it's going to be out pretty quickly, and so that's good to see that people don't have to wait for that. I guess the big concern is like, are we going to be spoiled by the time that actually it gets released here? Because they're also splitting the versions here. Too. I don't think we're going to get spoiled too much because if you really think about it, we didn't really get spoiled too much on Awakening. So yeah, that's true. I think the neatest thing about this uh, new installment. Uh, is I felt like an awakening. Uh, the pair-up system was a bit too strong, and <laughs> but, uh, they, they, just a tad bit too strong. No, really? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but yeah, uh, it's, it's got just, like two forms now or something, like an attack form so and a form. In in, in pair-up system is strictly buffs and uh, uh, buff and support. Like when someone when you're attacking and someone's with you. Uh, they don't necessarily attack, but they, they buff like whatever you're attacking. As the uh, the actual dual attacking thing is only at adju- adjacent units, from what I hear, now. Uh, it's even more broken. No. <laughs> no, actually, it's better. <laughs> it's, it was yeah. broken when you yeah. were attacking with them. The dual yeah. attack everything. Where this time, yeah, <laughs> separate but adjacent to dual attack, and then also enemies can or certain special enemies can pair up now against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So that's that, that's that's a small but I think significant change. Um, yeah. And apparently, like the multiplayer, the online multiplayer is insane too. Josh, you you know about that, right? Yeah, you read yeah, about I, that. I read stuff. about the online multiplayer. It's like it's weird that like they never like really mentioned this. <laughs> during their yeah. This. yeah, like there's gonna be five versus five battles in this game. Uh, oh my gosh! Teaming units are like select like selected from like front of your save files, like at any point in the game too, which is crazy. Now, is there? So the the only multiplayer I can recall from Fire Emblem is in Fire Emblem Seven, which is the first one localized. I don't remember if eight did, but I remember seven had like a five on five system 
but there was like no movement or you know there was no there was no srpg element to it it was literally like you pick your character they pick their character and you you then then they fight and then that was you kind of just do that until you run out of characters but there was like no map or anything was there there, there, are, there are there are maps. There's five there's five maps currently available okay. on the multiplayer. Okay, so and it's five on five on an actual map this time. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is it different objectives as well, or is it Trish pretty is is it pretty much straight up route the enemy? It's it's pretty much uh, from what I hear, just uh, eliminate the enemy team before you know, it's eliminated. But 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 I th but mm -hmm. what's interesting is like I don't know exactly the what's going on with these maps, but there's no fog of war in this. Uh, oh. So you're really gonna have to out. Think your opponent in terms of just how you're gonna get the terrain advantages and whatnot. More like brute force the enemy, or that. pretty much. This is gonna be the stalemate <laughs> of rush. like 50 turns go by and nothing sh nothing happens. That would be that would be that'd be boring. <laughs> you laugh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> well, I want to ask: Does I, I didn't I didn't read the article, but does any of what you do on the online multiplayer carry back to the single player at all? I don't know exactly about that. Yeah. I, 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 I just think it's if you like I would say I mean it, it makes sense if it was like your progress so far let's try it out see what happens and that's it like it's just a it's like a versus mode that's it it doesn't do anything but like if it has some sort of carryover to the single player I mean I, I guess the only reason would be like if someone dies in the online multiplayer do they die in the single player <laughs> that'd be amazing that'd be like, uh, uh, I was kind of using this idea like a little bit back to like when they first announced the my castle mode in that game and like how you can visit other people's uh, my castles uh, to like obtain like That's right. uh, like you know uh, weapons that are just exclusive to one version but like say a person with like the north on the north path goes visit a my castle on the Hoshido path they can actually buy weapons uh, on that person's uh, Hoshido exclusive uh, things, and then carry it back over to their mm -hmm. door path, and then, wow. then there was like this whole notion that it was kind of unclear at that time of like, uh, like you could actually uh, initiate PvP battles at their like castle too, and so sometimes if you get if you're uh, fight, fighting out at their castle, you'll actually be at a disadvantage because it's like yeah, they'll be more by the throne, and I think like in the the objective in their uh, castle is like to get to their throne room and whatnot and overthrow whatever is going on right there yeah and I, was, and I was thinking I was like, can you imagine if like you can invade other people's like my castles while they're offline yeah <laughs> and just like wreck everything up and then like and, 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 and like all the uh, like there's just destructible buildings in there so like they have to rebuild it from the ground up Oh my! You oh destroy the castle. I I totally see it being like Animal Crossing though, where it's like you don't get to. It doesn't hurt them at all. But man, that would be insane. Just the just the fact that you would have to be monitoring that closely. It's like an Eve Online yeah. type of thing where it's like you wouldn't be playing. All of a sudden, like everything you have has been wiped out completely without you paying attention. That would be nuts. Be insane. A lot of people would freaking hate it, but I would just be like, why not? Why not? If you like, you had an option, like a toggle, to decide if you want to do that. But like, the fact that you'd be offline, or what if you were like there and you had to defend your castle while you were there? Like, you get an alert, and like there would be like a stop and play, and then you have to join up, and then they would start attack. Either way, that would be nuts. <laughs> like, I plan on playing. Like, I didn't do this with Awakening. I plan on playing this game with Permadeath on. That's the only way to play. Come on. Yeah, because there's those like Phoenix mode or whatever the other mode was, where it's like you get revived every turn, which is great. Yeah, I think it's good it's that they're adding that. So, yeah, because like the, for the people that want to 
enjoy this game for the story alone, that's perfect for them. But the people that want to get into the combat and get the real feeling of what that would be in like war, that's pretty awesome too. I'm glad they have options. Yep. People were all like up in arms about the fact that there's choices, which is stupid. Yeah. Because it's a choice. You don't have to don't do have this. To do Some people want to just enjoy the, like it's like in Mass Effect where there's a mode where you just if you want to experience a story, chose this difficulty option. It's the same here. Yep. So I think it's perfectly fine. So but, alongside um, the two couple games that were like we got more details about, Nintendo also announced. Uh, two sort of rpgs uh, yeah tangential tangential yeah. Um, it's, one of them is the i guess the fifth game in the mario and luigi series uh with the twist mario and luigi paper jam which yeah. you played at e3 right zach yes i reviewed it you guys can check out a preview up on the site um but yeah i got to play um one of the because there's so there's they set us down and there was three different things we can choose some of which was like the actual Gameplay itself, there was a boss fight you can do, and I think there was one where it's like um, you become Papercraft Mario and go around like tearing up other Papercraft monsters and things like that. But yeah, um, it plays out exactly like um, Mario and Luigi because it's from the same developer as Mario and Luigi Alpha Dream. So um, got to play that. The difference between what your typical Mario and Luigi game is that you now control Paper Mario. Uh, on the Y button, so it's like X, B, and now ah, Y. So it's it's it was tricky, um, and I mentioned that in the preview where it's like trying to coordinate. I have the hand-eye coordination to look at the screen, tell you to press this button, and then have to press know, it. It's it's well, yeah. I know like Dream Team, which is the previous game. Some of those like boss battle like attacks, and not not just boss battles even, but like they have like these really long, winding attacks that you know you have to like dodge. Like a bunch of different various yeah. moves. Yeah, yeah, that's what like I'm afraid they, of. Some of these attacks felt like they took like 30 full seconds to like, you know, complete. Um, so now you got to do that with with a third character to make sure they're dodging. Because that's kind of the big thing with these, with a lot of not just the Mario and Luigi, but even the Paper Mario games, is that it's turn based. But there's also this like this system that you know real time sort of where you have to dodge attacks, and if you don't, you're gonna make things a lot harder on yourself. <laughs> Um, that's that's the problem. I mean, partners in time had four characters to move around, so I was kind of used to being able to micromanage that way. But the fact is, is that sometimes like w the prompts on the screen don't really match. Like the 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 arrangement of the characters don't match the buttons itself sometimes. So it's like I have paper, paper Mario on the far right, but I'm supposed to press the Y button. So it's like my brain can't function understanding that I need to press the far left button. Mm -hmm. To move this character on the far right it, it was these weird design decisions that i think was throwing me off but it was my very short time with that demo i only spent about 10 or 15 minutes with it but people that like those games are going to love mario and luigi paper jam because it's totally that type of game and the writing was very good from what i got to experience they introduced some newer mechanics with that um like the trio attack and the different puzzles you have to solve having to move these three characters around so that's exciting um a lot of the timing based attacks just like the others so whoever's gonna like those games is gonna enjoy it i don't know if it's gonna do anything for people that are new to it though because it's got I a mean, lot just of by looking jokes. at it it, it kind of looks like it looks like dream team basically <laughs> same thing yeah. with some with some twists so yeah totally i mean it's and it's 
it's like a one big fan service deal. I mean, it's, it's totally for the, that type of crowd. So, but uh, from what I saw, it looked great. Uh, played played pretty well. It's just having to figure out moving three characters around a field of battle, trying to jump legends and stuff. That's going to take a lot of getting used to. So, who knows if people are going to have the patience to handle that? But yeah, then of course, yeah, we also mentioned that other Nintendo game, Zelda Triforce Heroes, which they said we put this game out. And we decided that stacking three was good. Four was too many, so we could only stack three characters <laughs> on the screen. They couldn't pull the camera back, so but they decided three was enough. But um, yeah, Andrew, you and I got to play that with Alex. Yep. That was fun. Yeah, what'd you think of it? It, it was yeah. fun. Um, uh, we we st- well, they started us off with a, a really easy level, which wasn't, you know, it still took took a couple of turns before we figured out um, what we were gonna do. Um, then we went we went ahead and went. Um, towards the magma level, was it? Uh, he said that was one of yeah. the harder, like harder levels. Um, we, we we got past it. Um, it. It's neat trying to figure out, um, you know, your coordination and 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 strategies with uh, the two other people. But we we were all in the same room. We could talk to each other. Um, and this is meant to be played also on co-op online. Yeah, and, I'm psyched that they confirmed online yeah. multiplayer for that so, game. So, and then, and then they, they showed us that they have this whole emoticon system in the game um, that you're supposed to use uh, to coordinate all your um, activities with the other uh, players. So that was neat. Um, we got to look at that. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to work with online people you can't talk to directly. Yeah, so like, I, I was looking at Alex's tough. preview video that he wrote up, that we're put out that's on the site. If, uh, you know, so I, I, the, the gameplay was of you guys playing and I saw you guys kind of stumbling in a couple of places, and Alex even like threw one of you guys off the cliff. Yeah, and I threw Alex <laughs> off. He threw Andrew off. He threw we're like he threw Andrew off. I was like, "What are you doing, Alex? <laughs> we're supposed to be working together." We actually said that. I was like, "I well, <laughs> I just picked like, him up and it, threw it, him." It, it yeah. kind of had like the feel of like the the like the, the the multiplayer Super Mario games, like New Super Mario, where you spend half the time, you know, trying to work towards the objective, and the other half the time just like fighting with each other. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Okay. Stop it! We're supposed to be friends. Um, but yeah, so like I guess the emoticon system. There's like icons on the bottom of the screen that have like different like basic commands with with a yeah. cute little icon or artwork there too. Like get over here or uh, you know help or throw bomb or up. whatever. Pick me up. Totem. Totem yep. is like their their stacking system. So like I guess that's how they expect people to communicate is just to like use these uh these emotes like hey throw me or throw boomerang or you know these basic uh chat things yeah pretty much because each 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 player gets um chooses one weapon and you know um you'll need one specific player to do something at some point or another and you you basically have to coordinate all this stuff and um you know uh we didn't really play with the emoticons apart from spamming them a little bit at the end of our no yeah you can just spam it um i mean the, the the different attacks um it, it, well, it, I guess it's not like it's not all attacks because like some of the stuff is like about general support. Like um, you had the bomb bomb one where you could throw bombs, of course, at will. But then there was another character that has a boomerang, so you can throw it and you'd pick up a um, uh, one of your teammates that might be like across on a different um, ledge that you need to pull them in, so you, you can manage to get across this gap. Or you have like a ability to throw out a burst of wind so you can knock somebody and get them across to this other side without having to um without if there's no like like no platform to stand on uh but yeah a lot of it was like the stacking mechanics 
Yeah, and there's like different like uh, like the boss battle they had was it was a the Zelda Chu enemy where like his his vulnerable spot I guess changed height so you had to like stack up um, yeah. Yeah. to smart be able to hit him. Um, but I know one of the things that Alex was mentioning was that uh, the game is like right now like fully designed to be played with three players and no less. So. Okay. Um, like I, I only played a little bit of the Four Swords Adventure, but from what I could remember, it, it was mostly like drop in, drop out. Like you could play it solo, or you could have two, three, or four. But yeah. This, yeah, yeah, you can tell. You yeah, can, but this no. is basically the puzzles and everything are designed around exactly I don't, three. I, um, I don't think you could play with less than four. I, I don't remember Four Swords Adventures. I think it's like you either had four because I remember like, oh, maybe I'm thinking of like Crystal Chronicles or something. But like you had to have like four players before you could try it, couldn't you? Or am I? Because I don't think you could have like an AI on the other ones because they needed four characters because that's like a lot of the puzzles in that game required four party members. Um, but yeah, it's like there's. I don't remember. You can oh, play I, I by yourself with two other. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, like I think you could have like one one player and then you have the two other as AI. You can do that in Triforce Heroes. Um, but yeah, a lot of that game is having like because this boss battles like you saw in the video where. They grew larger, and so you had to stack one player on top of the other in order to hit their weak spots. So there's gonna be a lot of that. Is it possible to just have two players and one AI? I uh, don't know. I mean, we we only played it with three okay. characters. I don't know if Alex I, mentioned that is in his review. He said he said that like our Nintendo said that there is going to be a way, to, like some sort of single player mode of some sort, but didn't really clarify anything. Okay. Yeah, it's. It's weird because I think that game's not is going to be out soon, and so trying to figure that out. But you know, it that's what like Andrew was talking about that it's going to be a lot better playing with your friends oh, yeah. in one room because with the emoticons, it's like sure you could do that and it's fine, it works, it does its job. It just it feels kind of soulless, I think, if you play it online personally, just because it's. Part of the fun was being there, sitting next to each oh, other. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's like, like that's also the fun with like local multiplayer. Yeah. Not yeah. not necessarily the game you're playing, but the fact that you're playing it locally with your yeah. friends or whatever. And since you're 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 also sharing um, a hard gauge with the three yes. players, oh, yeah, um, it, it, it'll get frustrating if you have one guy who's just constantly screwing you guys up. And that's probably you know. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you could always play it where you have like some sort of like voice chat going on, like with the computer or something like that. But it's, I, I, it would have been nice if they did have voice chat. But I don't know. Nintendo seems kind of weird about voice chat, I guess. Uh, does, doesn't the 3DS have like a microphone? I yeah. hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would wonder why they wouldn't want to include some sort of like voice chat feature. I don't know if any of the games on the 3DS have voice chat in them. You guys would know. I don't. I, I don't, don't really use my 3DS. Well, you know, Nintendo and online. Yeah. Yeah. I, they think that might be a toxic environment. I mean, they have a point. It could get really toxic on real case. So. Try Triforce yeah. Heroes also brings us full circle on the Legend of Zelda because now you can uh, dress up Link as Zelda in the game. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of dress up like as Zelda or uh, as a bomb suit, like as a samurai bomb suit. or as a bomb guy. <laughs> I, that was the first one I chose was the bomb bomb, so yes. I needed to do that. Has been pretty fun throwing, throwing bombs, but um, yeah, and so that that was a really cool I, I, game. It was really nice to see that. It's, it's one of those games like I don't think people like were really like were clamoring for it, 
And I'm sure there's, you know, it's not really a typical style of Zelda that people, a lot of people are looking for, but it seems like it could be its own little thing that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, Four Swords Adventures is one of my favorite, is actually my favorite Zelda game is Four Swords Adventures, as crazy as that sounds. And so I'm, I'm totally into playing more of these types of games. I, I also kind of wish that they would put something on the Wii U because it seems like the 3DS was the big focus once more. I mean, you had the Fire Emblem and Shin Megami Tensei game, but I mean, Paper Mario would have been great to see on the on the Wii U. Same with the Zelda game, even if it's not the Zelda game. It seems like they're keeps on pushing the 3DS, and we have to wait for the NX. They even name drop the yeah, NX in their conference. Like they, are, we all have more news in 2016. So I am assuming there's going to be a direct maybe early think, 2016. I don't think we mentioned it yet, but there is Xenoblade coming out this year. Yeah, Xenoblade. That's, yeah, that's Xeno, they did. They did they mention like it. Yeah, they we mentioned the it yet, but yeah. yeah, they announced the date. Was it December? 4th? December fourth. Yep, it's yeah. Friday. Yeah. They finally showed off the English build for it. They're like, oh, okay. They're, they're actually working on the localization. Yeah, they, they, showed, off, they showed off a little bit of the voice acting and they, most of the text. They showed off actually some of the menus, which were all in English. So it's, it seems like, you know, it's getting there. It, it's going, yeah, getting definitely. there. But nothing, like, no new big information because it's already yeah, out. I mean, it's already out. So I think people interested in the game, you can already find tons of gameplay video footage on that. So. Um, there's a couple. I'm still, of looks, I'm still looking forward to it, though. I'm still super psyched. It looks great. It looks great. Xenoblade Chronicles X looks awesome, but that's Molot the Soft, and they apparently Molot says we plan on making more games like this, bigger games. We want to build up our studio, that kind of thing. So I'm glad that Nintendo has a studio that's like that because they don't have many RPGs. They have some, but not like a whole ton. So I'm excited to see what they can do with the. Uh, as far as like mostly on consoles, clearly on the handle they have that thing down um, just fine with RPGs. But on the consoles, it's just like it's just monolith, really. Mm -hmm. I think I can't think of any other like st uh, they might have Miss Walker come in maybe later, but it's it's been mostly them. So I'm excited for that. So, but yeah, let's. Well, we've already talked a lot about these different games. So we got Square Enix, Fallout, Nintendo, and so we're gonna go ahead and take a break right now uh, and gather our bearings. After the break, we'll talk more about Xseed and Bandai Namco, and uh, we've got Atlas to talk about, of course, Persona 5, Nisa, Persona 4, Nisa, yeah. Nisa, Nis America, we got the Sky 5, which I'm so excited. Still so many games. Um, so many games to cover. So yeah, guys, check out the stuff on the site, uh, but for now, we'll be right back um, very shortly. So we're back, guys, um, back in the discussion here at the TetraCast. So we still have more games to talk about. Um, we're kind of wrapping things up, but there's still some pretty important games that were shown at E3 that we still need to talk about. And so let's go right into discussing what Xseed had at the show. Now, I'm sure anyone who's been following the site or RPG news in general knows that Xseed pretty much dumped a huge amount of news the Friday before E3 about all the games that they were going to be releasing this fall, this summer and this fall, and then, of course, what they were going to be showing at the show. So, 
Aside from their other catalog titles like Onichanbara, the zombie game, and Earth Defense Force and all that stuff, they made some pretty big news of the fact that they would be releasing not only uh, Senu Kaseki 1, but Senu Kaseki 2, both being localized as uh, Trails of Cold Steel here in the West. And so now we know that they finished the full translation of the first Trails of Cold Steel. Um, so that was at the show, uh, at on the show floor, in fact, which was pretty amazing. I did not expect that to happen. Um, and then there were some other games as well. And so obviously you guys um, have been following that, Josh and Adam. I know you're as big of fans as I am for that series. Simon, I don't know how... I actually know. played, dude. I don't think people cool. knew, but I actually played uh, Trails of Cold Steel in Korean. So Hello, in Korean? Yo. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you... Korean release, so yeah. Nice. Or a Korean language release. That's good. <laughs> it's good to know that we have some... I didn't play too much of it. I played like five hours though with it. It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Be good chance. Um, uh, believe it or not, it's my first Trails game, so... So, it was okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. I don't... Uh, I guess I don't really feel too strongly about Trails of Cold Steel. I like the, um... I like the school-style aesthetic. I guess it's sort of a Daku pander bait, but I actually enjoyed it. Uh, the combat system is... I don't know how to describe... I guess... I don't know if I can actually put it this way, but it sort of reminds, reminds me of a combination of Final Fantasy and Suikoden, I guess. Oh, in what way? I mean, I got to see it as well, but I'd like to know what you mean by that. Um, I like the power... Uh, I, so I like the uh, I like the party integration, especially like the dual attacks you can actually do. Yeah, yeah. That so cool. that's actually probably the part that I enjoyed doing most because it's it's pretty flashy. Um, it, to me, it doesn't doesn't really stand out as anything particularly special to me. I guess that's well. I mean, you know, so the only other tra the only Trails game that's been released in English officially so far is uh, Trails in the Sky first chapter. Of course, and the combat yeah, there. Played. The combat there. Uh, I mean, granted, the game is like eleven years old now, like the, the actual game. Um, it's kind of like there, there. It's you have four characters in a on a field, so there is like a there is a positioning element. Um, you don't have a whole lot of control over where they're standing, but depending on like where you attack and things, they'll move around. Um, and you basic it's turn based, and you can do you know regular attacks or you know magic attacks. And then as you get hit and as you deal damage, you get like uh, you get you know um, you fill up a meter that you can pull off special attacks. And it's honestly probably one of the weaker elements of the game. You know, it has a really good world building, um, really good character interactions, but then the battle system is just kind of more basic. And what I've seen of Trails of Cold Steel is a, is much more energetic um, than than what the Trails of the Sky had. Um, I haven't played it though, so it was kind it's of actually in uh in, in first chapter you actually did have the command to to manually move around. It's still within yeah. a certain range, but yeah, you can actually position your characters because uh, it's gonna. It, for one specific treasure, for, for one specific treasure chest battle in uh, Trails of the Sky first uh, first chapter, uh, moving around is quite uh, important. For it. So that's oh, always that you, it's always about. that standout battle that uh, where that system comes into play very heavily. But oh. I, I think it's, it's I think it's uh, fantastic that Exceed is bringing over Trails of Cold Steel uh, here. I know that uh, a handful of fans will be disappointed that they skipped over the Crossbell arc in favor of uh, getting the newest uh, Kiseki entries uh, to the state to kind of catch up a little bit because the Crossbell arc has its own complications of uh, getting, you know, making its way over here and whatnot. Yeah. But they did say in the localization blog for Trails of Cold Steel that if, you know, Trails of Cold Steel 
gets enough sales, they are definitely going to consider uh, localizing not only uh, the Crossbell arc, but also the third uh, uh, Sora no Kiseki. Yeah, Trails in the Sky. I always get confused with their Japanese names and whatnot. <laughs> but, they yeah. Is it? We never got Aono Kiseki, right? So I guess no, Trails no, of that, uh, Trails of Cold that, Steel yeah. is Sen no <laughs> Yeah, Sen no Kiseki is Trails of Cold Steel. Right. Aono, yeah, Not that Aono they were going to call that Trails of Swords, but I guess I was wrong. Trails in the uh, Flash. <laughs> um, yeah, but Aono Kiseki is Crossbell arc, and uh, the Trails this of the Sky is... the Third is uh, more of a spin-off uh, game that takes place after uh, the second oh, chapter of Trails of the Sky, but... Uh, but First chapter and second chapter of Trails in the Sky uh, conclusively brings an end to Joshua and Estelle's story. Well, isn't that uh, arc called the Liberal Arc? Because it's the city. Liberal Arc, yeah, liberal yeah. Arc. Or, some, or I don't know if it's called that, or that's just like an informal name, but I, something. Something he just like, came uh, up with right now, but yeah, it's that. Yeah, Joshua and Estelle's arc ends in the next game, and so and then, like, the third one wasn't. I mean, the third one it'd be cool to have over, but how how much does the third chapter feed into the rest? It's a more of a spin-off chapter that yeah. explores more of the world that they live in, but there's not necessarily like a, story beats. Yeah, there's not a, a solid story to it because it's a lot of pocket stories inside Wrapping the up game. <laughs> that's yeah, well, that's, that's, it's, it's not like second chapter ends off on like big plot holes, but you get to see more of the characters that you meet in second chapter uh, in the third. That's one of the strengths of the series, and it's kind of obvious even after only playing one game. Is that there's a ton of world world building. They talk about different, you know, cities and factions, and um, you meet like kind of like you get like a glimpse of certain people from certain groups, but you don't really get a whole story yet. Um, and so like these different games that are out kind of touch on these different you know aspects of the world. Like I, I don't remember the continent name, but Trails of Cold Steel is based in a different place, not only different time, but different place that you hear about in. Yeah. Trails of the Sky. What's it? Erbonia? Is that it? Yeah, Erbonia. I, I have no idea. And to yeah. be perfectly honest, I was thoroughly confused with the game, uh, with all the jargon throwing. I felt more confused than FF13, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if that says anything. Well, in the Trails series, like, uh, terminology is everything. So getting plunged into that, I can definitely empathize with you know, well, getting into the series and then just like it did help that I just jumped it right in, and the first thing is like I'm invading some sort of building or facility, and I have no idea what the fuck is going on. I'm just yeah. like they throwing out these terms. They're like do this, do that, and I'm just like I have no idea what the fuck you're asking me to do. Well, let's let's bring it back to um, you know Trails of Cold Steel because I got to play um, a, the demo of it that was on the show floor, and so yeah, the combat's actually pretty cool in my opinion. Like Simon was talking about, where it's like. So the enemies are on the screen, and so you know you could avoid them if you want to, or you know head right into battle. You do get that ability to uh, you know initiate the the battle, uh, trying to get a heads up on the enemy. But the and the, then the loading time between the screen, the the field of battle, into battle itself is very fast, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, and it's, there's no real like skip between that. And then, yeah, as, as Simon was also mentioning, it's that you work a lot with teaming up with your other party members in battle. So I think they call it the tactical link system, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you actually get to learn a lot of those attacks and skills while you're in battle. And so you like you can unlock new moves and things like that while you're going through. It's all done a lot of in, in active time, if I remember. They're all broken. 
they're all broken. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, and they're then, all super OP. Yeah, all it's it's, OP. it's really great and it's very flashy as Simon said because yeah, there's a lot of uh, pictures of like full. It's the same like in Trails of uh, Trails in the Sky where it's like it, you initiate an attack and then you see some art pop up on the screen for the character like they're about to attack somebody. Yeah. It's really yeah, nice, and then uh, a lot of it is doing follow-up attacks. So, like the main character unleashes his, his skill, then you have the ability to follow up that move with a skill of your own, and then that combines together into another flashy attack even after that, and then it just keeps on building and building and building, and so you can like completely destroy an enemy if you um, you know learn your moves right and can strategize while dealing with all this crazy stuff that's happening on screen. Um, and then like this special moves and there was a lot of stuff going on in that battle and that was most of the demo was like the combat itself but it was really fun and the game looks great um, we were playing I mean they had the Vita set up into like on TV, TV monitors so PlayStation TV kind of stuff uh, but it, it looked great oh, on both on both screens I recommend yeah. playing it not on Vita probably the really? Vita, the, I got the Vita version busy. and it ran like garbage I guess it gets kind of busy. I mean, I didn't really experience any real slow. I mean, obviously, when things got really heated, then it did chug a little bit. But I felt like it was running like twenty or fifteen FPS for like a good chunk of the beginning. I, I have like, heard that people recommend getting the PS3 version, um, which I mean, if you yeah. look for the best performing version, that's probably gonna be that version anyway. But of course, you know, misses the whole portable appeal. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it's like unplayable though. Like, right. like if no, people like if, I, if people are playing on the go, I'm sure that's you know. Right. It's not unplayable. Like, it's just annoying to deal with if you don't like it. So like, I had the same problem playing Final Fantasy and not Final Fantasy Story Story of Seasons. So, just just beware. If you had the option of going with both and you really don't want to play on the Vita, then. I mean, one of the things I liked most about Atelier um, Eskenlaji was being able to do follow-up attacks and support moves and things like that. And so, ever having really, really, really enjoyed that game and then playing Trails of Cold Steel, people who want a really dynamic combat system in their RPGs are really going to enjoy it, I think, a lot because of that. And then, then you also have like the great soundtrack, of course, that's going to be... Flippin' amazing, the great character art, uh, the amazing UI, and that, the user interface in that game is some of the best you'll see just because of how... It seems kind of silly, but they put so much work into just the user interface itself, the menus, the, uh, the, the layout of all the menus and stuff like that. It looks great, so I'm pretty excited to play that game. For sure. It's one of my most anticipated games for sure this year. Uh, I agree, yeah. yeah. Same here. Um, let's, let's just see if uh, we'll get Trails of the uh, Trails of, trails of Cold Steel 2. In a timely fashion. Yeah, that's. I was talking to um, Brittany from Exceed about that, and she's like, "I know it's really hurting me as well because I know how many how, how long it's been since they put out the first game." But and it was as Adam was also talking about. Yeah, in that blog post, you know, they're very much adamant that they'd love to be able to localize Al no Kaseki and Zero no Kaseki and those other titles. Even Tokyo Xanadu, they've been talking about how they'd love to localize those games. But they're a small studio. They're like made up of like a dozen people, and so they need be able to sell a lot of copies of their games in order to fund the next project. So it's not yeah, to say they, that you know a lot of companies say that like buy our game and then we'll think about it. It's like and and Chrono Trigger was like an example of that, but it's 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 hard to say. Um, but this is really mean, meaningful for them, I'm sure. Yeah, and Exceed is also mostly a team of localizers. So yeah. like I know people like get on their case about. 
getting um, used to Celta to work on PlayStation TV, but they're literally not the people who can do that. <laughs> I think they said when I was talking to her that they only have like one programmer. Yeah, they only have one. They only have one programmer, Sarah, and she's the Sarah. she does she does the uh, PC. She does all the PC works, so, um, like getting Trails in the Sky to you know work at all those resolutions and um, working on Corpse Party right now. So yeah, they're they're pretty small but tight knit, you know, group yeah. there. And they were talking about how Sarah would go back and like build stuff from the ground up to make it work because sometimes yeah. it'd just be very hard to localize it otherwise. But yeah, yeah they, 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 they were being they, enough they, like, go ahead. They I know for Trails in the Sky, they like incorporated, you know, it's based off a PC version in the original PC version in Japan. Yeah. But they, they took that and then they incorporated, you know, the PC or PSP elements that were new. Um, and of course, updated resolutions to be higher. So like they kind of made a new version that doesn't exist in Japan really. Um, and Sarah did that kind of yeah. combining all these to make you know the best version possible. And yeah, and they were talking about the other games they love to bring over, but haven't heard anything about like E7 is uh, for PC E8? in Japan, and then the memories oh, right. of, memories of Celsetta was supposed to be brought out to PC, and they were looking at that, but they haven't heard anything for a long time ever since like we posted news on the site about that um, Chinese, I think it's Joyoland or something? Joyoland, uh, uh, yeah. it was, was going to bring it to PC, but... I'm like sorry? Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I, a good game. Yeah, that was like one of the first reviews we put on when the new version of the site hit, so I, I love that game as well, but it seems like we're far away from a PC release of that, but it's, you know, they're out there, and then we there's other games we kind of know about, like Xenadu Next, they said that they were... I mean, I don't. I, it was in that it, teaser image that they put out. It. Yeah, yeah. And we know it's coming, but they got just, so many other games. So. Just overall, I mean, just if you want to see more, more trails games coming over, go buy them. Yeah, definitely. And then Corpse Party was playable there, the new one. Um, what's it called? Blood. Blood Drive. Blood Drive. Yeah, uh, that looked fun. As soon as I played it, I felt like I needed to go back and play the others because I haven't, and I'm a huge fan of visual novels anyway. So, and that style of game. Like walking around this abandoned abandoned school with a bun like a flashlight trying to avoid traps and then like these weird creatures coming after me in the in the darkness. I was like, I should probably play this game because it seems pretty serious and yeah, Corpse Party is uh, deceivingly uh, brutal. Oh, that's what I've heard. I heard it's it's pretty bad um, in the in the best sense of the word. So that was pretty much Exceed's. Um, uh, appearance at the show, you know, like I Did said, you... I played Senwin Kagura too, uh, and I played Estival Versus. I played those two games. God, I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> I liked I liked Shinobi Versus. I mean, obviously, it's got a lot the of fans. About the game. <laughs> I mean, I reviewed Shinobi Versus, but um, like I kind of like those games, but just because of the mechanics. And I'm a Dynasty War. I'm a huge Dynasty Warriors fan, so that's kind of what my hook was. Uh -huh. Otherwise, it's. I'm sure it was the Dynasty Warriors portion that no, really. To be honest, like if it was just straight up fan service, I wouldn't give it the light of day. No, nothing, not that I have anything against people who go to those series for that um, type of thing, because it's clearly a big part of why it's so popular. But um, it, it's because I, I like the I like the, the the gameplay in those games. It, it seems weird, but that's the truth. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you because I I never played the first uh, Senran Kagura on 3DS, and then I just picked up the Shinobi versus on a whim for Vita, yeah. and uh, I was I was surprised. I was I had a lot of fun with it. 
I mean, it's not the deepest fighting system, but no. it's it's pretty damn enjoyable for what it is. That's I mean, that's why the first game became so popular. It's because people were like, okay, this is just another shit show. But then they released it, and Japan actually reacted well to the mechanics, and so mm -hmm. that's that kind of goes to show. I mean, it wouldn't have had these like the long legs it does because of just the fan service alone. People can find porn on the internet, so who cares? But uh, it was it was it was pretty nice, and I I did like my time with both Sinon Kagura two and Estival versus although Estival's pretty much like Shinobi versus but slightly enhanced. That's all it really is. I'm interested in uh, tell me about a little bit about uh, Sinon Kagura two Deep Crimson and like how that's different from the first game and from um, Shinobi versus. Well, I mean to be perfectly honest, I did not play the original either because I didn't mm -hmm. own a 3DS until recently. Okay. Um, I mean, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of actually drawing a blank here. I mean, to be honest, that was like the most time I spent at that booth. Um, okay. Uh, but I'm trying to like kind of. Is there like some sort of like I heard there's like some sort of co-op element that you can. Do I don't like, even know uh, what type of. I know the the versus games, or Shinobi versus and Estival versus. Those are like, those are like Dynasty Warriors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Shinobi like, and Estival are totally like that. It's it's yeah, obviously it's, the it's, maps it's are a lot smaller. a bunch of whatever they are. Um, so, but I don't know. I don't know what Senran Kagura One and Two are about, well, or what you. type of games. Let me tell you. So, um, from what I remember, uh, it's that Senran Kagura Two is set after Burst. I think it's like a direct sequel to that game, um, but it's got like, it's got more characters. It's still focused on the two schools, but then there's more characters. Uh, a, a third school. I think it's actually that's just like Shinobi Versus in many respects, but um, it's got. Uh, new characters. It's it's still the same type of action game, side scroller. Uh, oh, it's a side scroller. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about two separate things. Senu Kagura yeah. Two is a side scroller. Estival and Shinobi Versus are straight up Dynasty Warriors games. Oh yeah, that's what I, that's what I that's what I knew. I knew those I knew that those games were like Dynasty Warriors. I didn't even know what the original game and and two were what types of games they were. But side scroller, yeah. I'm familiar well, now. Like to say it. So yeah, it's co-op. Um, there's a story in the game where like you of course be shuffled into having two characters that you will play through the story as um but then uh, like in the other modes you can totally choose whatever schools you want uh to have two different ninjas join together and fight so yeah it's, it's co-op uh you can do both you know online local or single player co-op you know you choose switching between the two characters that kind of thing um there's like a bunch of crazy things in that game as far as like the combats so you can there's like skills you can unlock that you would team up with the other person to do like double move double team moves uh yeah then obviously they have a very they've been kind of he was pushing this deep customization feature so there's a lot of different things you can customize the outfits the moves the there's a lot of clo uh, things you can buy but it's it's still like very much one of those Senran Kagura games so mm -hmm. you know clothes blowing up all over the place like in the weirdest ways like i didn't yeah. think that could actually shred my clothes but there you go uh I, just find a simple punch or something it's it's I, the yeah it's that kind are of there thing. any are there any new, new characters introduced into that weren't in shinobi versus i i mean to be honest like uh i'm not entirely sure i, I okay. get the feeling that like the new characters were already introduced in some of the other games but i i i I can't really, I like all the characters that I saw in the game were ones I've seen already, mm -hmm. like okay. in, in the in the regular schools. 
but he, that's what he said, and I believe him. So that's about all I got. It's <laughs> he said there's yeah there's new there's new characters that um, are in the game that weren't seen before. I'm sure it's like you look at the box art. I'm sure the characters are on that thing. You know the ones that are are new. Um, but it it has all the same characters from the other ones. So there's a huge roster. Um, of ones to choose from from the different schools uh, i think actually because i think i'm pretty confident because it's called senator kagura 2 deep crimson i think the name of the school is like crimson squad, squad? Yeah, yeah i think that's you know that's obviously the the new team of characters like i know there's like this red-headed red-haired girl on the box that's one of the new characters so okay but yeah that, it's it, it's a lot of that. It's it's um, a lot of the same elements. Festival verses look great. Um, it looked like you know going from standard to full HD kind of kind of experience. It, it was like going from the Vita to the PS4. Of course, you're gonna get that experience. But um, the visuals look great. It played exactly like Shinobi versus. You know, it seemed like even a lot of the same stuff. Like you you're when you start the game, you're in this. Um, room where you can walk around talk to the different ninjas and just uh go to the store and buy stuff and then it mm -hmm. customize your character it's all a lot of the same stuff it just looks a lot better um it, ru it runs better too I, I hear it's like 60 frames uh, consistently now yeah yeah it's, it's the, it ran smoothly i didn't That's experience awesome. any slowdown uh mm -hmm. there's there's a lot more fan service i know that much because yeah, i think there's much. one mode where you run around trying to catch underwear or something it was weird uh <laughs> and they're in their underwear at the same time so it's like of course weird. it was a lot like that um and i think it's slightly less censored so shinobi versus wasn't censored at all when it was localized but apparently estival goes farther which is nuts because i played that game and i know how far that went and so it's even more uh, more open about that and so it's definitely not a game that you want to play around the rest of your family unless you they don't give a shit uh, so that's that's kind of how it is but that's but, that's you knew that already so yeah but but to be clear Xseed isn't censoring anything from Estival versus localization no, okay. no they never I mean like I mentioned they never they didn't censor yeah. any of that stuff like people thought they censored Shinobi versus because they had like something on their boobs and stuff that it was like masking that stuff no that's exactly how it was in japan okay. apparently this is from following their twitter account and then replying to other people who had those concerns and that's how i found out um not because i was super interested because i couldn't care less if something gets censored for the sake of bringing it over here as long as it doesn't completely break the game as a result so i was okay with that but yeah there's it's got a lot of the same stuff. Um, I think it's like they said you can play up to 10 player multiplayer on both the PS4 and Vita. So people who want to play with a bunch of their friends on that game should be fun. I have friends online who played the Japanese imported version and they seem to really enjoy it. So I, f I forget when those games are coming out, but it should be fun. I think I, I bet it's another fall release kind of stuff because anything on the show floor was coming out that fall anyway. Okay, I was just clarifying. Yeah, no sight of second chapter anywhere, so <sighs> sadly. Well, they're working on it. Someday, someday. I mean, someday. say they say summer, right? I think that's the date. I, th I, th I think the last specific thing they said was before Trails of Cold Steel. That's yeah, that was it. Okay, all right. <laughs> So, so I mean, so so Trails of Cold Steel is somewhere this fall, so it's somewhere September. before that. Or, so. I think Trails of Cold Steel. I don't think it has an official date. But I oh, think okay. I think like retailers are placing it in November. Oh, okay. Or I think, anyways, doesn't really matter until they announce it, I guess. Um, All right. Yeah. 
Is... So that about wraps up Xseed for yeah. the most part? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if there's anything you guys had any questions about, but yeah, it's Fallen, I think it's like Estival versus um, is going to be this winner, um, and then Senokagura 2. I mean, if you guys really care about those games, I know they said Trails and Skulls Cold Steel is going to be out this fall, but I think yeah. both the, uh, the Senokagura games, I think That's it's also, uh, Senokagura that... 2, I think is August. And, and Nisa's uh, doing, Nisa America's doing Trails of Cold Steel in Europe, too, so that's cool. Yeah, they, they recently announced that um, that they're going to be bringing that over. Speaking of Nisa, they also had the Sky 5, an English build for it, and so that game's almost done. They just that, announced a release date, right? Yep, October yes. 6th and 9th for Europe. Yeah, so, yeah. that game's coming out so soon. Uh, I got to play that game. What do you think? I thought it was great. Like the, I mean, you can, you guys can check out, listeners can check out a preview that I have on the site itself for the Sky Five. But yeah, it's 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 that game, but it's more, it's got a darker tone, a more serious tone to it, as okay. far as like the main storyline's concerned. I mean, and that's also I mentioned in the actual um, preview itself that it's it's still got plenty of the same humor. Like the the scales are way over the top. Like anyone who played the PS4 demo, and you can still check that out on on the Japanese PSN. Very easy to set up an account on that, by the way. Um, that there was like a part where you would trigger a skill, and then you were inside of a like a jet, <laughs> just traveling like flying down, like like bombing Why people not? below. It's it was like it was kind of like that. It's got some really cool stuff in it though. Like um, so. I'm actually pulling up my review now, but yeah, there's there's a ton of new uh, gameplay features in that game. It's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of the same stuff, but it's got some cool new stuff as well. I know well. I know they they said you, there's a course being on PS4. There's lots more. You can have a lot more icons on the screen now, like actual characters and units. Yeah, um, it used to be like you could only get like a dozen sprites on screen at once, and anyone who's played the Disguise game knows that the camera is like all zoomed in and you get a very small idea of the map. Um, in Disgaea 5, the, you can pull the map way out and you still have all the characters on screen and awesome. they're all running it smoothly. It was ran very smoothly. I didn't experience any sort of real slowdown in that game whatsoever and the whole time I spent with it. It's, it's, you, had, you had to play the other games to really appreciate the developers, what they did with this game because they've really done a lot with the hardware. Um, and they've done they've done some cool stuff too. So like, but one of the things that they did is that so in Disguise Four there was a character world that they had that was just a way to build up your party members their stats. And this it's like more of a board game. So it's like more like the Sphere Grid from Final Fantasy X, where you go around and earn new um, uh, stat upgrades like more health, you know, strength. Uh, unlock new skills, things like that. So it's a really cool new feature, and it's very it's a huge grid. Because you have to level up to 9999 of course. So it's like they have all the content there to support that. Um, and there's new character classes like the zombie maid that people have seen a lot about. Uh, there's there's some more gameplay elements. Like there's this thing called revenge mode. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask about that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Cause, so there's a gauge that fills up. And so when that gets to be full... Uh, not only does it give a boost to your stats for the time when you have it full, but then you can like unleash these huge special moves that just go on and on and on and on. Like it's it lasts for a while. Like the the amount of production of what they're doing, like 
I think one like they acted out a scene like it was like it was like this big play that was going on and then just everything just explodes at the end it was really weird uh, but those that revenge mode is only for select party members so like plot relevant characters okay so okay. um yeah, it, it was, doesn't that kill doesn't that also one. apply to some enemies as well? Some enemies yeah. also have a revenge meter. Okay. Oh, totally. They they have one. Basically, anything that you can do to the enemy, they can do to you as well. But they also did some really cool things with the mechanics of the game. So, like for example, something that's been going on for a while in disguise is that you can stack enemies or sorry, you can stack players on top of each other in order to bridge gaps or mm-hmm. unleash like tower moves that you would just be a giant pole just smashing in enemies like a like a stick flying in the wind um in this case now you can throw diagonally which seems oh, awesome silly but it's kind of like a game changer just it because does, is. how annoying it was to have to throw someone forward and then to the right like a zigzag motion that was annoying as hell um but now you can throw diagonally uh, to avoid a lot of the traps that are usually in those places and save yourself a lot of the grievances as a result um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just going through my, re- my preview to kind of get uh, remember all of this stuff. But yeah, it looked great. Um, I was talking to the guy that has been localizing the Disguise game since the very beginning. He's been with the company the whole time. Um, and he was talking about how excited he was to work on this because it was a change of tone. I mean, Disguise 4 could get serious at times, and so did 3. But this one seems kind of, it's, it's definitely grown up. In, in okay. a lot of respects, yeah, and so I'm, I, I'm excited for that. I, I support that definitely. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting twist to the series, something that's a, I think a welcome change. Yeah, and you know, Naponichi got a beating in Japan because they only released, they only made it for PlayStation Four, and that was it. While even Gust, of course, announcing these games that are going to be out the PS3 and the Vita, so it's like it's. I feel like it's worth it to support them just for that, but. You know, because they they built the excuse me, I can't talk. They built the game from the ground up for the PS4. They were able to do a lot with it than they would have otherwise, like making these uh, sacrifices for older hardware and stuff. So I could really tell that they were able to build something great. So I'm excited for that game. It's it's crazy that it's going to be out in just four months. So I'm not even that like three a little over three months. So I'm pretty excited for that one. That's my once again one of my most anticipated titles. <laughs> That list is building up, huh? Building I know. A list. There's a lot of great games coming out this fall, and E3 was probably the best it's been in a while, so I'm excited. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving on, there was another awesome. I like our RPG. segues. Our segues are amazing, by the way. Yeah, I just want to point sh- this out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has listened to the other part of this podcast and this one just can tell how easy we hey, move I'm, between hey, topics. I, I brought up Nisa, and I totally set that one up. Yeah, we moved into Exit pretty smoothly, and then... Speaking of E3. Yeah, speaking of E3. Speaking of video games. Speaking of games at the show, that's like the, the best that we got so far. I think in like the two hours that we've been doing this, I think that's the best that we've been able to do. I was like, speaking of this particular speaking genre... Speaking of role-playing games. Speaking. Job well done, us. So, yes. Uh, uh, I'm excited for... Um... The, the next one that they're talking about. Oh, I can't even speak either. Yeah, we, got, we actually got to document up all the games <laughs> that we saw just so we can yeah. keep track of this, this stuff. The segue is so good. I, I don't. I have no idea. What I you, know you're just bear with us. <laughs> I think there's something it, over in the like over yonder. Would you say like uh, in, in over the in horizon? The, over the horizon. Uh, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The so. dawn of that the was, horizon. That was great, guys. That was so, okay. 
Awesome, we got that's, it. That's, uh, okay, let's just drop it there. So yeah, uh, Guerrilla Games <laughs> decided that they were tired of making Killzone, which is good, because I played Shadowfall, and as great as that game looked, it was sad, because <laughs> it kind of got boring after a while. So now they decided to make this gigantic RPG with Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero Which dawn. is kind of a shitty name. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, all I've heard about the game. <laughs> when, when people go to the, get the name, it's like, it's kind of, kind of a bad name. Huh? It's like, kind of a yeah. bad name because <laughs> it's not... I mean, there's a lot of problems with it. Not to mention it feels like they just pulled it out of a hat. But also, like, what's what's the sequel going to be? First, first uh, Dusk. First Dusk? Got it. Yeah. Nailed it. There we go. Uh, and then continue on, and then totally confuse the player base because they don't know which game is first. That's also that's always good. And, uh, please uh, look forward to the third game called Horizon Second Evening. Second Evening. Mm -hmm. uh, then, but yeah. thankfully, the it's game looks. No, it's terrible. Um, we're trying our best here. Yeah. You've been quiet all this time, Simon. You stay quiet. Simon uh, Kagura scared him off. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 but thankfully, the, despite its kind of awkward name, the game looks stunning. Downright oh, spectacular showing. Absolutely. I mean, we there have been some leaks like on uh, profiles and things like that of, of leaking art showing giant dinosaurs, like robotic dinosaurs and guns and just the not 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 so much guns, but like all these different environments that they were showing big open world with robots and dinosaurs. It just sounded like a really cool concept. Yeah, I mean, just just kind of those bullet points of the types of things that you know the stereotypical gamer is like, oh, robots, dinosaurs, open world. Count me in, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, like pulling it back just a little, just for you know people who haven't been informed of what Horizon is. Basically, uh, Guerrilla Games is showing off this new open world action RPG. That's kind of the gameplay is kind of reminiscent of a little bit between Monster Hunter, uh, where this you're basically essentially hunting this big ass robotic dinosaur that they showed off at E3, and it's you're an, plucking it's away. It's an open world Monster Hunter game, is what e it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're plucking off like parts of it, uh, like mechanical plating to like expose its core and the, what they were showing off. Of course, there were more uh, things behind closed doors that Alex wrote up about on the site, uh, showing a more stealthy approach to it and uh, manipulating like you know herds of other creatures to get its attention and get the jump on it. And then they're teasing all these uh, like the primary weapon that they showed off was uh, the protagonist's name was Aloy, I believe her name. Uh, you're using this uh, bow, and you're using different types of ammo <coughs> for this uh, bow. Uh, like uh, we saw, I think they're like explosive arrows yeah. that they were showing off. Excuse me. Um, you can definitely uh, equip like hooks to this arrow, so you can like uh, like fire off an arrow that has like this rope on it and fire it to the ground to like. Uh, yeah, put... you can trap it. Like you can keep, you can yeah. like stop it to their one like. Critical points on the monster, and then just keep it uh, keep it stuck in one spot by like stabbing it in the ground and just like pegging it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a it's a fantastic just way they're just presenting this because it just came out of nowhere for everyone. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been, the last thing you'd kind of expect, you know. It's been winning all these awards, and yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much Monster Hunter, like use every part of the buffalo kind of concept, where mm -hmm. you destroy these gigantic beasts, and then can create new armor, new weapons, uh, accessories, or just gather materials. Like, I don't know how much that's going to be playing into like how are you supposed to eat 
this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we don't Not know much. Sure either. Well, there was apparently a, there was a closed door demo too, too, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. Alex got to see. The part, yeah. the part that they so, that they showed kind of gave us a glimpse of the combat, but we really don't know much more about like the long term structure of the game. Like, what are we like? What's the main goal? You know, are, are we just kind of like, you know, I'm we don't know sure much. Still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. All we yeah. know about the the story so far, it's like take place in a post post apocalyptic world because it's like. After yeah. things got torn down, nature is reclaiming uh, it, and all we can really guess is just like, well, the, nature is reclaiming things, but there are robotic creatures roaming around. Yeah, it was really cool, and like the world seemed alive from what we saw in the demo. Like, there's all these different approaches you can make to any monsters out in the field, so you can decide to stealth your way past everything if you want to get to the big game, or you can just take down these small beasts one at a time, so that way. Um, you can just use what they have and then deal with the monsters later because you do level up in that game and you do gain experience and so obviously there's going to be plenty of monsters that you're just not equipped to handle until you get a uh, better level. That's different than Monster Hunter where I think Monster Hunter doesn't actually have a level, does it? No, just, there's no levels. It's yeah, all indicated by your, your armor set at that time and what, uh, yeah, basically armor and uh, weapon. That's, that's, I mean, I was talking to Adam earlier today about that. It's like, I, I have a very difficult time getting into Monster Hunter because there's no real story. I mean, it's, there's a story, but it's very loose. It's, it's very not part of the reason that you play those games. It's, yeah. like, that's why I love, like, God Eater. And Tokiden is because it's a story-driven experience, and I feel like Horizon seems to be kind of like that same vein, right? Yeah, it seems like it. That's where they're going with this. I'm kind of interested to see, but yeah, I'm kind of interested to see like when you're go for it. Yeah, I was saying like, well, Monster Hunter, you kind of create your own little character guy. Where in this game, obviously, we're playing as this woman, which I don't even know her name. Yeah, yeah, you don't make your own character. Yeah, that's true. So I was saying it's at least character-driven. That's gonna be kind of the weird Apparently, thing. Apparently, like, I, I, like I, I saw in some of the I saw in some of the E3 uh, E3 interviews that apparently you know there was a bit of resistance to having a you know the female lead for this game. And that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like uh, Shuei Yoshida from Sony was talking about how at first people were kind of apprehensive to it just because they didn't know how that would be how people would respond to that. But so far, it seems like people are perfectly fine. Go figure. Of yep. that idea of having a female protagonist, so I'm, I'm very much supportive of the idea that we need more games with solo female protagonists and not just a choice between a male and a female kind of thing. So, not to say that all games have to be like that, but it's kind of cool to have more games like that. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with this newfound uh, confidence that people are cool with that and see where they go. Like, what are they gonna treat it? Because that's kind of the thing people had a problem with Tomb Raider. Uh, the, like the the latest one is because it was cool that she was, you know, the strong female protagonist, but there were a lot of scenes where she was being brutally murdered, and so it's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, like, they they were very gratuitous with uh, some of her death scenes and the yeah, I mean, it's, obviously that's less to do with her being you know female and all, but more like just yeah. how the designers went with it. But um, it, it's gonna be cool to see what they do with with a lot of this stuff, and so far. They're really building up, as Adam talked about, the um, the narrative. They're building up the, the the lore of the world, and so it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Especially like, do they plan on talking about what happened 
you know, pre-post-apocalypse, oh, like what happened during it, what happened before, they're going to be flashbacks, that kind of thing, just like with Fallout 4, you know, are we going to go back and talk about stuff that happened before this all went down, are we going to be able to experience any of that, or is it just going to be straight up, for them, like, hundreds of hours of this game, are you going to be running around hunting these monsters, do they, like, how much different equipment can you get in that game, like, there's, there seems to be, like, already some, like, copies of the same monsters, like, are you going to be getting the same armor, because you only have this one character, it's not pre-made, and so, like, how many different armor sets and weapons and stuff like that can you actually get? Yep, we, and we don't know, really, like, yeah, she yeah. used a bow, did we use her, did we see her use any other types of weapons, really, besides, like, a knife, maybe, <laughs> like, what, we just don't know at this point. Not yeah, I, it was yeah. mostly a bow because she was shooting at like the weak spots on the monster and just taking it down that way. And then, as Josh said, it was like a way to tether the monster to the ground to keep them uh, situated while she was attacking him. That was about it. There's a lot of hard hitting questions, and we won't get any answers to them until the next yeah. info update on the game. But well, I mean, Gorilla Games is based in Europe, right? Yeah. So we'll hear about them at Gamescom, I'm sure. They'll show more about that game. I, I think. Or Paris Week. That seems like the bigger thing because that's Sony's next conference. So we'll probably find out more then. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Keep it on your radars. It's. I mean, like, like we have a preview up on the site. It's it's pretty well detailed, and so definitely check that out too. Because so far, that seems like a very exciting game, especially from the Western side. Because we mostly have been covering these Japanese RPGs just because of how many more there are. But that seems like a, a game that anyone on either side might be interested in especially because it's got monster hunter and then it's got witcher 3 stuff in it too like the same type of design so that'd be pretty cool um but yeah then speaking of japanese speaking of games, segues <laughs> uh you now uh another i got to check out a bit i seem to be talking a lot but i'm like the only guy andrew is not here at this half so he, he couldn't make it for this half so um he had something else he had to do so now we're going to talk about Bandai Namco. So they had a booth set up. Um, I got to check out upstairs. Before we start this, could not see Dark Souls 3. They were, they were taking appointments, but they were booked full. It's okay. It seemed, I'm pretty sure it was shit. Uh, it, it's, I've only seen pictures of it. I barely know anything about it. I only I played Dark Souls 2 and liked it, but I've never... I, I don't know enough about Shame the lore. But, um... So I, I don't know enough about Dark Souls 3 um, to talk about it, and so apparently a lot of people were booking appointments with Bandai Namco just to see that game, go figure. Of course. So that's, <laughs> of course. Yeah, there was no way for me to find, and it was always anything else conflicted with my schedule, any other appointment time. So sadly, wasn't able to see that, but Alex uh, was talking about trying to find a, a time to go to visit the studio there or if some other meeting to check that out and have something for the site, so... You know, stay tuned for that. But they had a lot of games at that Bandai booth. What did they have? So, they had Sword Art Online. Uh, Sword I think Art it Online was just what? it was just Hollow Fragment. They didn't have Lost on there. So uh, the, the reboot, the, not the reboot, the remade re Hollow Fragment or yeah. whatever. Yep, uh, for the PS, okay. they added up on the PS4. Uh, they had Tales of Hysteria on the PS3. Okay. Just point that out because they just announced it for PS4 recently. Uh, and PC. They had Project Cross Zone 2. Mm-hmm. They also had Godzilla, F1, Naruto, um, J-Stars, Victory, whatever that... I think that's how you, that's what it's called. Uh, just a bunch of other games. But yeah, the main parts is yeah Project Cross Zone, Sword Art Online, and Zysteria. Mm-hmm. 
Which one did you play? I played all of them. Um, I have an article up on the site for Project Cross Zone 2. So anyone who's played the original, it's it's a lot like that. It's got a lot of the same look, the same movement in combat, like outside where you're, you have like a set area that you can move around in, in the field of battle to uh, get your character to the spot that they need to be. Uh, they have a lot more... You're worrying me a little. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of the same. That's, I mean, there's, there's not really a whole lot else. I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I didn't play that much of the original, so I don't know how different it, it can be. But it's the thing that they're kind of talking up is more that the, um, that at, apparently they had some big plans for the combat that they mm -hmm. weren't able to get into the demo that they had at E3. And so yeah. they have, they're going to be changing that. Uh, or at least they're doing. It's going to make it a lot deeper than it was in the first game. Like a lot, there's a lot more to it apparently. But I didn't get to experience that, so I can't talk about it. And this is releasing this fall, right? Yeah, I think it's coming out just well. Yeah, this fall or late late this year for okay. Europe and North America. But um, I don't think it has a date. Um, retailers put it at November 30. Yeah, that's yeah, no. but that's placeholder, of course. But right. yeah, there's there's some new characters. So you got like Yakuza, um, Phoenix Wright, God Eater Two is in there. Bad characters hack. from that. Uh, Monolith Soft, I I know that this much that they said that they promised to address a lot of the concerns people had with the story in the original, which was like a clusterfuck of a mess. Like, well, it, it I didn't mean, make that's, any that's, sense. that's crossover stories. That's in general. usually crossover. <laughs> but that's that's yeah, it's general. But they said that they promised to have a more cohesive story because wasn't like the last ones about some stupid stone or something. Like, yeah, it was, it, it, it was about some stupid crystal thing. But crystal. I don't really care. I, I care less about story and more. Um, uh, yeah, but there there are other things I want them to address from the original. I want them. nice to have. <laughs> Please show me that there are lessons learned, at least with the reinforcement side of things, at the very least. Yeah, it it seems like they're promising to do to fix a lot of the problems like the original had, uh, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be as button mashy as the original was, because like a lot of those a lot of when I played a Project Cross Zone, it was a lot of just mashing my way through a lot of battles, just like pretending I knew what I was doing and just rotating the stick and hitting A a bunch of times. That's that apparently is going to be a little more difficult to do this go around, from what I've been told. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. The original I heard that the first game ended kind of kind of conclusively, it, but kind of dumb. Kind of it, it it does it ends off open ended. Like it short get, ends off with everyone. Like living out their lives in their own universes, but as with most like as most with most crossover endings, that's just how it is. It's like it's kind of open for another entry, but kind of not because you know the main story and that plot is over. So I mean, it, to me, when I finished the game, it was just a typical crossover ending. It's like okay, yeah. I mean, I'm done with this game for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, and it, so it's pretty much like that. I mean, it's a lot of the same as the original, but anyone who liked the first one, I'm sure it's going to really like this one. And anyone who's looking for something more, they're promising a lot more. And so I'm sure that will be enough for people to come out and play it for the second time. And with all the announcements, they were planning like a ton of surprise announcements for crossovers, for um, for yeah. duos and things like that. And so I'm sure we're going to find a lot of things coming out of the woodworks from the old, old, old catalog from like Sega and Bandai and Capcom. So, Yeah, there'll be like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel conflicted about some of their duos 
pairs that they announced right now because some of the pairs in the pro first Project Cross Zone were kind of really funny. Like Dante was with Dimitri from Darkstalkers. Yeah. So they had a lot of great flavor text, and now they replaced Dimitri with Virgil. And, you know, I mean, it's still great. I mean, Virgil's finally in the game. I mean, guy's freaking amazing. I, I love Virgil. I think that, like, Resident Evil, like, but, Chris from Resident Evil, and then Mega Man and Zero and all this stuff. It's the stuff you'd expect from that. Yeah. But I want some, like, really out there stuff from their, their background. Are there some like, characters like, from, like, Summon Knight? <laughs> like, yeah. The, yeah, Summon Knight. Does, there's cool. a Summon Knight solo. I forgot the name of the, the female mage from Summon Knight, but she is a solo character now in the um, Project Cross Zone 2. Yeah, I, they, I want to get some Valkyra Chronicles, more of that in there. I mean, I know that um, they already had some of that in the other game too, but I want, I want, I want like really super niche stuff that you wouldn't expect, like something from like the old Genesis days, like Gunstar Heroes or something like that, like characters from like really old games, like you, you see a bit of Altered Beast for the the Lalas uh, attack animation. That's true. You definitely so. do see that, um, but. I'm, I'm curious to see what they're doing. Like, I want to see fantasy star characters in this game. That I know we're never going to get a lot of that stuff, but it'd be really cool to see like some of that show up. Yeah. So, it makes me wonder if there's going to be like, fantasy star Nova characters popping in. Oh, I want to see like Alice and Wolf again. That'd be pretty cool. But I know they're not going to do too much. Uh, it, it, time would tell, but I'd love to see it because they have dot hat characters in that. I want more RPG characters. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's I got to see that. Um, got to play some Sisteria. Sisteria looks like shit on the PS3. <laughs> like, holy crap! Like, it was so like artifact. Like, there was tons of artifacts on the screen. Like, all the characters look super blurry. Did really? it always look like shit? Zilia uh, um, never looked like. It's always Matt Bitten looker. You know? I'm talking about Zisteria, yeah. though. Well, I meant. Zilia looks fine. Zisteria looks like really bad. It's worse than Zilia? <laughs> it looks Zillia? bad. I mean, Simon, uh, you would know, right? Is Simon uh, even here? Oh, he's off in the distance. No, no, no. Hey, I was <laughs> like, hey, I muted my mic. Why? Because... <laughs> he apparently, want to... doesn't want to be part of this conversation. <laughs> you know, you 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 actually played. Uh, you, you didn't you play Zisteria? Yeah, but I went on a long rant last time and i don't want to go on a long rant again oh, before don't. the english release you don't have to All go on a long rant i'm Just really sorry that. for my words last time what, what last time were we talking about i don't remember seriously that wasn't that was you guys that was, was not worth a laugh well it was probably in like the january podcast or when it released i don't remember it though <laughs> yeah well we're talking about months uh, ago i just people bad. we gotta we gotta bad. approach this that not, not everyone's listened to every podcast we've done okay. so so yeah. I played what? I think I said I played about 20 or 30 hours of the game. Maybe it was 40. I don't remember how long I played. I played a good chunk of it. Yeah. I didn't beat the game. It was... Well, we're talking about how it looks, I guess, right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess it looks like ass. <laughs> it does. It looks really... I mean, uh, it looks, with all due respect, it, looks worse it just than, looks bad. It, like this. it looks worse than Grace's. So, if you can yeah. imagine it looking worse <laughs> than Grace's... Not, so, you're talking about Grace's, not Grace's F, but like Grace's... Just the, 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 the original on, on the Wii? It just, like, I don't care if this is coming out on PS4 or PC. This is going to look like crap regardless. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the PC and PS4 versions because, I mean, I didn't spend that much time with Hysteria because people were hogging that machine most of the time that I was there in that small area, and I had places to be. But when I played a little bit of the combat, there was, like, some girl t talking to me about, like, there was a professional actor there who was, who was actually a Bandai rep who was sitting there. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of the people that man those kiosks at E3, 
don't work for the company. I mean, they're contracted to just stand there and hold they're the like, machine yeah, or like reset the, the demo. Yeah, know yeah. a little bit about it, just enough to get by. But that's the person next to me was mostly talking about her acting career. So I was like, I was I could barely pay attention to what was going on. Awesome. Um, but from what I got to I, see, I'm hopeful for the port versions because of yeah. performance. Because the yeah. In, in the PC version, like you'd hope there'd be options, and not to mention like, like the guy who did who was the guy that did the PC handling of the Dark Souls game. Uh, uh oh, that was his... was it Durante? I think yeah, it was. yeah, yeah it Durante. Was, he's got. I drew a blank. <laughs> yeah, he 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 did that. He has that, and so even if the the PC port for Stereo might be bad, because this is like the first Tales game on PC, of course, so. Yeah. At least, unless they did some stupid browser version, but you know that's besides the point. Um, I'm just hoping that the ports aren't garbage at this point. That's yeah. like, I guess, Leave I guess it makes me feel sad that I have to. <laughs> that's my expectation: is please don't let it be garbage. <laughs> for, for all the problems that the game may have, hopefully they can rectify performance. Performance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, oh god. Don't buy this game, please. Please don't buy this game. No, I mean, it. People may enjoy this. You know, I mean, it's not. It's not so out there. I think a good handful of people enjoy it. It's just you know that there are there are glaring flaws. Real talk. Honest, real talk. I don't hate this game. This game is not a bad game. I don't think it's an excellent game from what I've played. I will reserve judgment until I've actually finished the English version before making the call saying this is a bad game. Well, I know some yeah. people who say yeah. they who who played it say they like it a lot more than either of the Exilia games. Hmm. Um, maybe, maybe because I mean, sorry? we all have our favorite games of the I series, question. so it makes sense. I don't. I think I. I don't know if they're a fan of Udo games, like super hardcore fans of Udo games or not. But like, I question that logic because there's a lot of design decisions in the series that just don't make sense to me. Could you they explain just what you mean by Udo games, by the way? So Udo has like a very distinct ty- uh, type. Who is of game. he though? Who is he? Who is Udo? He's a he's a game. Uh, he's a battle, uh, combat combat developer oh. for uh, on Namco Bandai. He created the Graces system, the Hysteria system, and then worked on Destiny. So, like people like know him as the person who created like that CC type of gameplay. The cross the cross um, scale system. The the, the... okay. I, know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All I know is that. It's that idea of not using TPs, just using CC to do combat moves. People were super excited when they saw Zysteria because, like, oh my gosh, it looks like Graces, except better, and then... Backflips all the time. That's all I did in Graces, yeah, like, backflips. Yeah, I actually started <laughs> playing it, and then I'm like, this game is not so great That's as awesome. Graces. I sort of want to go back and play Graces instead now. Oh, really? Well, well first of all, um, I guess there's a the battle system is like you're tied to another character i forget i forget the name so you're like tied so to a character you have, a character. you have two human characters and you have two seraphim characters yeah you cannot and switch you cannot have four humans you don't even get four humans i'm just gonna let you know right now you don't get you don't get four humans there's a ton more spirits but you can't have four spirits either you always have to have two humans and two seraphim already already bad design by like but I don't even know how to say it. Also, before you even start the battle, you can't even choose which character you want oh, to start as. Right. Don't. It, was this the game? No. I'm th- in Zillia, you had to like choose your party before you explored. Uh, you oh, in Zillia too. You can choose your party on the fly. It's just. Okay. 
there's just a lot of design decisions like in regards to like you also build up meter to use special moves but the meter takes a lot longer to sort of build and some of the special moves you can use for the meter isn't very good it's not it's not like uh i don't know well i mean also the uh I I heard that uh Zilli or Zisteria like there's like a loot like armor you get from loot now and it's uh Yes, you get loot so um so So it's like rather rather than getting loot from chests or things. I thought this was really interesting. So instead of earning more experience and like uh like money and grade and stuff like that by increasing the difficulty, you get more item drops and then you forge items together and you make better weapons. The only thing is the item forging and the weapon creation system is broken, so it's not very good. Well, um, I mean, with systems like this, there's usually always a way you can find some combination or something that um, can, like, overpower the game, but I guess, you know, it just depends on how easy that is to do. Um, so. so, I mean, that's, I mean, for the guys who play, like, Tales of Exilia 2, I mean, Simon, did you reviewed Exilia 2, so... I did. I loved Exilia 2. Oh, oh Adam, Adam did. Okay. Oh, he reviewed the import. I reviewed the English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. you guys both did. So, I mean, for anyone... Because obviously no one's going to go from, like, I'm going to start with Graces and go straight to Zisteria or something. Like, what are the... Do you know any of the differences between Exilia 2 and Zisteria for people that are looking as this as their next Tales game? Because I want to know, like... And, and it doesn't have to be like a long discussion about the very minute dis- uh, characteristics, characteristics, I can't talk, about the differences. I just want to know, like, bullet points, what are the differences between these two games? Okay, to be perfectly honest, if you didn't like Exilia or Exilia 2, you prob- chances are you probably won't like this game. Oh, really? Okay. Like, it's not going to change your mind. Like, Tales, like, even though there's different combat systems, like, Tales, a Tales game is a Tales game. Like... It uses a certain meter to do special move, connect arts together. It just has some sort of gimmick. That's like, that's all it is. The only reason that this this game just has a different gimmick where you're limited to two human characters and two seraphim characters. You can combine the human and the seraphim to make a, like a mega mode. I think they're called. I think it's called armatization in um, in English. And you get to deck out super moves. It looks fancy. It's not really all that deep. Um, they added some couple ways to create new items and make your characters more meaningful and develop skills, but it's really not that deep. Mm. There's also an interesting story, but there's a, it's also not that deep. I guess that's my summary of it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else is. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say, man. I mean, does it seem like it's a transition game? Is that basically it? Even if it's a mothership title, does it feel it's, like they didn't put okay, a lot so of work this into is it? A, what is it? Twentieth anniversary game, right? Yeah. Twenty fifth. Twentieth, right? This is a really shitty anniversary game. 25th. It's got to be 25th. Like, for an anniversary like, yeah. game, this is pretty yeah. crappy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Exilia was better than this garbage. I think it was an anniversary game, but I don't know which one, which which year they're yeah. at. I just... I don't know what else... Like, I can't really say anything. You don't have to hurt talking about it, though. It's, a, it's the 20th, by the way. I just looked it up. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, because I was like, I'm. it's got to be... Uh, my, math, my math is terrible. I was thinking, like, okay, so... I know there was games on the PlayStation, but there was, like, Fantasia and stuff, so, like, how old is this series? But then I remember Zisteria came out, it was announced during the 20th anniversary, like, is this year the 20th, or is it last year? I don't know. Oh, okay, so anyway, so that's, but they they announced a couple things recently, was like, yeah, Zisteria for the PS4 and PC, those weren't on the show floor, 
They also announced a new anime um, that is more than just Hysteria. Apparently, it's got characters from the other games. Yeah, the, the, they, oh. they said it's some anniversary anime, but they, really, yeah. they won't like divulge what it is. No, they just showed a poster and a small teaser. That was about it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tales of Berseria next year, though. Just saying. They haven't. I mean, there was that. There was the. It was trademarked in Europe, but that's about all we know. Um, but they're showing more and more of that game just from the magazines, and so that game seems like it's going to be out pretty soon. Well, I mean, like, in English. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out at, like, the same time. The fact that it took them this long to localize Zysteria means that we have probably the well, same amount of length of time. That I think that's for different reasons. That was because they were working on the port and... That's true. Yeah. Isn't... Berseria is just PS4, right? Or no, is it's it... PS3 as well. Oh, yeah, it's PS3 and PS4. But when it comes over, I guarantee it's only going to be PS4. And I do a Star Ocean? Yeah, it makes more sense, right? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, it seems like they're giving up on the PS3... Especially, like, Square Enix has been doing it. Bandai might do it. Bandai, I don't know, though, because Bandai seems like they're still putting out games. Because they put out those, like, like J-Star's Victory and, like, mm-hmm. these other the new, like Nudo games. They're still putting out games on the previous gen, and so it's kind of more iffy for them. Square Enix looks like they're just dropping the PS3 completely, if they mm-hmm. can help it, so... That's good. Yeah, no, it's, it's Let great. the old systems die. I mean, for all due respect for people that are still with the old systems and whatnot, there's so many deals on the current ones. And that also, a lot of those games are coming to the beta, too. No, not due respect. It's been two years since the new consoles have been out. It's legacy now. Let that shit die. <laughs> Just like the beta. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, so, beta legacy system. Yeah, you beta. know why? Like, there's a reason, there's, okay, so I'm glad that the new generation is out. We have a serious problem where the last generation went on for too long, so there's an extremely large install base. So developers wants to, wants to keep developing for old systems, and we don't get new games. Well, I don't uh, like. I mean, to be perfectly fair, I mean there was like a PlayStation Two game that came out in twenty twelve, so it's not like it's that it's that unheard of. And not to mention, not everyone can afford to buy. A how new frequently system. do we get a PS Two game? I mean, the sports games. I'm just talking that it's more that um, there's still people who can't afford to buy those new systems. I mean, not everyone like, can have has the money to buy those, so it's. It's Some better to have a much wider audience to play those games anyway, just because, mm-hmm. like, obviously you know that there's an install base there. PS4 is growing, so is Xbox, so it's it's obviously Touché. that's not going to be a discussion it's anytime honestly soon. It's not but, a big deal to me. I mean, yeah. I, I don't care. Two <laughs> yeah. things about this generation. One, we're, we're getting HD remasters from, I know, like, never-ending, like, it's just never going to stop. It's bullshit. And yeah. two is cross-gen both of these things can die in a fire well cross-gen ps4 vita i mean that's that's still cross-gen well i meant like ps3 to ps4 and xbox 360 xbox one like i mean if they're not doing anything to really take advantage of the new stuff intentionally it's like why bother but i i I agree that the more that we have built from the ground up for ps4 because i've already reviewed a game that was made specifically for the ps4 with a mega quintet and that game was the best compile heart was able to do technically uh, where everything ran really smooth, and we saw that with the Sky 5 and Neptunia Victory 2. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board that more games need to be released just on that. I just can see it from the other side that, you know, that's how... Um, that's 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 still something that they're still looking at, is whether it's worth it to go all the way in. Because especially Japanese developers, once again, talking about Nipponichi 
only making the Sky Fly for the PS4 and how that almost like destroyed them as a result. But I don't know. If that, that, that's, that's a bit of an exaggeration. It, it really. I mean, they they sold very little units in Japan as a result, like in the tens of thousands. So, but uh, and it's going for a new console. How expensive that is? Just leasing on a brand new console with the costs haven't dropped at all. Um, because that game came out like earlier this year. But mm-hmm. you know. They already said that they make most of their sales in the West anyway, so it's uh, yeah, it's not a, the best example because they make most of the money here anyway. Like Nisa makes like forty percent of their total income, like the total net profit that they make is Nisa, is, is the, for the That's most ridiculous. part. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Nisa that's has so to like di- diversify by also releasing anime, so that's kind of how it is for that company as a whole. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's that was pretty much Bandai Namco. I mean, I played a little bit of Hollow Fragment for Sword Art Online. That se- that game seemed pretty clunky. Like um, okay. it apparently, I was told this by a representative, and Simon. people still don't hear that they did not do anything to the translation. It's still the same broken English. Yeah, and they, you know, the original Facebook post where they said that they deleted that so it seems to be true <laughs> yeah i think they were mis mis they, they yeah. misheard or they, they, they well simon reviewed the ps vita version right yeah. yeah i did and i didn't think they were like that much broken but i guess it was like the beginning portions it wasn't that much broken people so. probably took screenshots and just like found specific instances and just yeah spread that out i'm I sure most well, i just stopped caring and just kept, i just kept reading and playing like yeah. I mean, not lo- really reading i guess i was more like Freezing right through the dialogue, whatever. Yeah, you were trying to get through the game to review it, just like I would. Um, but yeah, it's lost on. They already said that they're going to do a much better job with the translation anyway, so I'm not too concerned because Hall of Fragment came and went. So it's more about what they're going to do with the next one. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, from my experience with the PS4 version, it's just like any poor job. You know, there's not much of a difference visually. It's it's a lot of the same. You know, flat textures and. Uh, slightly blurry models and things like that. I should say it's slightly sharper than it was on the Vita. It's what I've been, what I've noticed because they had it side by side up there. You could see the Vita version and the PS4 version, and so you can kind of get an idea of the difference. But it seems like it's it's pretty much the exact same game. Like there's the game very is little difference. Good, hmm? I th- aren't they adding online multiplayer instead of just being limited to ad hoc? Yeah, that's last song. Okay. That's, that's oh, that's Lost, Lost Song? Song? Yeah. Lost Song, yeah. I don't know why I said Lost Song. And Hollow I, I Fragment's just a poor job, I think. Oh, they're not going to add online multiplayer to re Hollow Fragment? I don't think so. I mean, I could look it up, but I don't think that's going to be a difference here. Yeah, either either way, I mean, it's it's an updated, uh, you know, port, port job, seems like. Yeah, and that's what so. the person next to me told me. She said it's a straight port job. And we even brought up the whole translation part, and she was like, nah, it's pretty much the same. I was like, okay. oh, so, okay, well, that's fantastic, I guess. Um, HD remaster of a Vita game. I mean, we already got, like, most of the fixes when the Hall of Fragment came out here anyway in the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing about all the changes and all the, the extra content that they released, the big patches, that's already out on the Vita. Um, yeah. So, like, going from that to here... It just seems like I think all they're t- saying that it's going to include all the DLC, just like you would expect to have. So all right. Expect that. Um, uh, summer, right? That's yeah, this summer. Oh well, okay. I think it's actually this fall. It's this fall. I think I think Rehollow Fragment is summer and Lost Song is fall. Oh, maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, I think maybe they did it 
I think they dated the Vita version, but the PS4 is supposed to come later. Maybe that's it. Because I remember them. I, I don't remember them giving a concrete date on the PS4 release. There's no, there's no, there's no Vita version of uh, Rehollow Fragment. It's only PS4 for Rehollow Fragment for Lost. Oh, Sun, it's you're PS4, right. Yeah. You're right. Um, that was, yeah. It's summer. Summer to fall. Who knows? They. I know they just haven't given. They just barely gave a window for that thing. But yeah, yeah that and Lost Song. Yeah, it's supposed to be out later. But it's good for you know Sword Art Online fans and you know fans of those anime games. Yeah. It's seems healthy in that field. Whatever. Sword Art Online just went to shit later in that series. So. I was talking to this person next to me, and she's the person next to me who's also huge in anime um, at the Bandai Namco. So she was legit, like a, an actual employee. And she's like, okay. I told her where I stopped in Sword Art Online Season 2. It's like, that part in the cave, right? When they're just hugging together. And she's like, yeah, that's the part I stopped too. I just got tired of it. I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> that was, it was, it was too much. Uh, so, too yeah. It was good to know somebody was right there with me on that series. But, um. I, I just want to beg Bandai Namco to bring over God Eater. I don't know yes. how much I'm uh, Who knows? Maybe they'll announce something in Anime Expo. I, ho- I hope so, so much too. Yeah, like, that's this weekend, I... so. Oh, uh, man. It's either and that or Gamescom, I know, but I know some people are expecting uh, Bandai to announce uh, Digimon, the Vita game. Yeah, yeah. So we already know two things: Rage Burst was trademarked in Europe, and ne- they tended like um, trademark the subtitle for a game because the original already exists in a lot of places, um, and that there was a con- uh, Amazon Canada listing for Digimon um, Cyber Sleuth. So for the, P- for the PS4. Yeah, for the PS4. So that might be like what Simon was talking about, the reason why Sestira took so long, because they're porting it to the PS4. Once again, because the PS3 is kind of like eh. But uh, the, uh, I'm sure the poor job from Vita to PS4 is like, well, it doesn't take a lot of work. It takes a few weeks, supposedly. So might as well just put the effort in that. It's obviously the bigger part is localizing a huge RPG that apparently people in Japan loved from all the reaction that I got, that game was people were in love with that game with Cyber mm-hmm. Sleuth. So, um, looks fantastic. Yeah, and it, and yeah, so that's that was pretty much Bandai Namco's booth. I didn't really get to experience much else in there. Speaking of games that were, so let's no, 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 just talk about Alice. Let's just talk about Alice. I'm not gonna. Let's not do this. Shit I wasn't gonna do transitions. Let's not do this stupid shit anymore. Speaking of Japan, that's about all I got. No, speaking of games that weren't there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Persona, Adam had it perfect, and you ruined it, dude. You're no. such a dick. <laughs> I got, I got. To, it was there. Persona Five oh, was, was there. It, it was. It was. There on was. Every uh, there was a wall. There was a trailer, which was oh, just God. the Japanese one with. Uh, there was no voices, so it was just called the E3 North American trailer. Uh, and you could take a picture and got a bag with it. And that's Hell what yeah, was. look at the, all that Persona 5. That was three. Persona 5. It was there. And Atlas, to this very day, con- continues to say 2015 release. However, Persona 4, a release date for the West, was announced at Anime Expo You mean Persona 4 Dancing All Night? No, Persona 4, oh, okay. the release date was announced at Anime Expo oh. 2008 for okay, that right. fall, for that, or as close to winter time, or whatever it was. So... We might be hearing about that. Alice has promised some big things at Anime Expo, so look out for that. We better see more gameplay trailer. I swear to God, if we don't get a gameplay trailer, I might shoot someone. Speaking of a new gameplay trailer. <laughs> Speaking of a new gameplay trailer, what I did get to see 
because they had some other games there as well, like Stella Glow and uh, Etrian Odyssey 2. Did not get to play those games. I did get to play Persona 4 Dancing All Night, and holy shit, is Teddy? that game fun. <laughs> did you dance with Teddy? I did not. Did you uh, go on the dance floor? I did not. Because <laughs> all the only reason people got up there was to get a shirt, and I was like, "Fuck that! I don't care." Because it's probably a poor. Zach, come shirt on, just kinda. dance, man. Just it, no. I'm not. I'm not into that, yo. I mean, it's. I, I'm, I'm not confident up in my dancing abilities either. It's. It's pretty bad. Um, you should. You should. You should have asked for Taro's Emil hel uh, helmet, and like do that. Just like, can I just borrow it for like a few? You know, my minutes? dancing is mostly gyrations. It's not. It's not something to talk about. So it's. it's oh, all right. All right. It's, it's just a lot of shaking, like oh, a lot of moving side to side. Okay. Oh my gosh. Do you know what gyration means, Siren? You're just talking about spinning, right? <laughs> spinning? No, it's like it's like moving back and forth. It's it's. It's oh. not like I'm humping the air or something like that. Shit, I had this wrong. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Still learning the English language, I guess. Uh, a lot of back. It's like a lot of like moving back and forth. But anyway, so I got to play Persona 4 Dancing All Night, and like it's. I think it's physically impossible to play that game without like bobbing your head to the music or just getting really into it because the soundtrack is pretty damn great. I mean, out of context by itself, people. Whenever I posted the remixes on our Twitter account. They were like, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. But it's when you put it all together, the whole package, it is something fantastic. I think I think my favorite song was Yukiko's uh, Snowflakes. was my favorite mm -hmm. song, and I must have played that like three times in a row. Um, so it's got a lot of the um, a lot of the same mechanics uh, that people are familiar with with a lot of these music rhythm games. Like there's notes that appear on the screen. Like you got. Uh, uh, three on the left and three on the right of the screen. Um, left is controlled by the D-pad, uh, down, left, and up. And the right is controlled by the face buttons. Um, so you've got X, circle, and triangle on that side. A lot of it's about timing your button presses. Obviously, perfect, good, poor, and just miss. Uh, and so it was like that. And then there's points when you have to you know, press two buttons at the same time. Um, I forget what the... It's like frenzy or something. I forget what it's called, but like there's this thing that there's this uh, what fever I think fever. That's it. That's sorry. That's it. Fever. So it's this circle that starts in the middle of the screen and then expands out, and then when it hits the ring that's on the outside, which is where the other directions are, uh, you have to hit the the um, the analog stick. You have to push it, and so being able to keep up with the beat of the music while also pressing the thumbstick when that fever comes on that's how you keep your combo going so you can't keep a combo unless you do that or at the very least you could but you're not going to 100% the song if you don't do it so right. it's a lot of to keep up at once but um, coming off of like the Project D Diva game which is made by the same developer uh, to this Project Diva like if the vocalize it's all about I think it's like the the notes or whatever. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played those games, but I love Project Diva. Yeah, it's it's like it's more like on the the syllables, right? Like when they actually yeah. say something that well, that's the beat. Yeah, it. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and and then this it's obviously you know going with the rhythm, like the actual music itself, and so it was a lot better to, for me to get into, a lot easier for people to get into, and they have different difficulty modes, um, different songs you could choose from. You can change characters if you wanted to, just like with the others. There's a ton of customization going on, like changing outfits and changing accessories, things like that. Um, I mean, I didn't get a whole lot of time with it. Um, 
behind in the closed door just because um, Andrea, who was with us from Safe Continue, she's the one who was actually covering the game, and I was with her just to you know check it out and also get a good idea of what Alice had at the booth. But um, it was really fun. Like people who like music rhythm games, like Persona. Persona's got the Persona Four Dancing All Night. There's a story to it. It apparently can get. It's pretty serious. Like there's some actual said, like serious. It's like it's thirty there's hours. An actual long. story to the game. Yeah, thirty hours of story to what that game. Just fuck? like with, why is there so much story? It's like Persona Four Arena. You know, there's like a huge yeah. story to it. Um, it's set after the events of Persona Four. So there's, it's got that going for it too. So people after that want to arena continue. or before arena, who knows? Who cares? I think it's after arena. No one cares. <laughs> I don't I think know, it's, man. It's a, yeah, because Persona Four Arena is set after it. But obviously, Persona Four Arena was more of a crossover kind of story thing. This is like actually like store related. Um, so it's got that. They also talked about the DLC. Like you got Adachi in there, and you got Marie from Persona Four Golden is in there. Um, they didn't really have any gameplay for them. I don't think there's really been anything. I don't know. Is is that? I don't know if you guys would know this, but like, I don't think the DLC is actually out. Like, I think no, it's coming. Not, it's not yet. They announced that it's coming, but yeah, there's not actually out yet. Yeah, I was I was on the lookout for like Adachi and Nanako like gifts or something like that, but apparently there's been nothing. I was like, oh okay, they must be coming later because I, I I'm waiting for that moment. But um, them dancing together. But uh, I don't want to spoil it. But anyway, so there's um, there's that. Uh, and just a lot of songs. Like, there's a ton of music in that game. And it's great to see that the, the special edition of that game coming over here includes the full soundtrack because I'm buying it for that specific reason, uh, just to experience that. Among the other yeah. things that are in that special Disco Fever edition. But, yeah, it, it looks great. Um, it plays great. And I'm sure those people are going to have a lot of fun with that one. So. Yeah, it looks, it looks like an awesome game. Can't wait for that. When's the release date for that again? Uh, have they chosen a date for that game yet? I feel like they have. I think it's a, it's September. I'm pretty sure. I I did no research on this stuff before I, I pulled this up. I'm pretty sure. Um, so it just came out in Japan. I know that much. Like it yeah. just came out like a few last days ago. Week? No, it's like this past Tuesday. Like oh yeah, well it's Monday. Sorry, it's like uh, last 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 Tuesday, last Wednesday, last Thursday. Excuse me. Their release dates for there is kind of weird. Yeah. I, I oh yeah, it's um. September 29th for here, okay. and they just awesome. Nice America just announced that they're bringing that game to Europe this fall. Good. So, great to hear because it's been, I'm sure, a big pain having to wait a long time until after North America gets it to get it in Europe for Atlas Games, but it's going to be out around the same time, so that's fantastic. I'm sure the hopefully the same will happen for Persona 5 for Europe. Um, and, yeah. All I remember, all I remember from the last week from the Persona Four Dancing All Night thing was the scramble for the second trailer of Persona Five. Yes, <laughs> and we have that up on the site. Uh, yeah, people were Atlas was like like bringing down those videos as soon as they were up and just really being on top of that and really trolling people. I think all the YouTube videos are pretty much down, but we still have like this vidme file that's on the site you guys can check out um i don't think they're going to be able to get to that anytime soon i'm sure that the only ones they can get to is like youtube and nico nico because they have their content id system that makes it easier for them uh but us as a site apparently has it maybe it means alice isn't really paying attention to us which is kind of sad at the same time but <laughs> don't say that <laughs> no um alice loves us alice loves us um we talked to john he loves us um so that's um yeah, that was pretty much it for the Atlas booth. Like I mentioned, they had other games there, but we didn't get to check it out. Um, Adam, 
they had lost a mention there, but Adam, you're, you're reviewing that, so. Yep, I already you're, beat it. <laughs> yeah, you already beat it, so, but there's, there's more stuff to do, as you said, so we'll right. be checking that out. Yeah, I mean, other than that, that's pretty much it for E3. I mean, I got to play a bunch of other games, but like Un- Unravel and Need for Speed and all these other games that are not RPGs in the slightest. Um, did you guys, just to kind of bring things to a close, I mean, is there any games you guys wanted to know about that was there that you want to know more about? Final Fantasy 15. Talked- that wasn't there. We already talked about Square Enix. <laughs> that wasn't playable. That's going to be at Gamescom. Oh, it was it was a jab, it was a jab at 15, but 30 38 39 is it 38 days or 39 days to E3 but uh, to, to Gamescom but that's yeah. That's a jab at them, but that's I really wonder what they're going to show at Gamescom. Yeah. Oh, they already Gamescom. said like apparently they're promising a big uh push of new details, new media, all kinds of stuff. It's like it's the big coming out party before the big for their they announce a release date I'm sure like that might be the big thing is a release date oh that. my god release date we'll there before have... they pull out TGS I don't think so I don't think it's a TGS no, no it, it can't, it, I doubt it's going to be a TGS because it's it's great most it seems like a lot of these companies are looking to the west more than ever with their information so I don't think they're going to announce a release date for 15 before they do it in Japan I say they wouldn't because I, I think that they're going to they're gonna. They already said they're aiming for a worldwide release anyway. So it's like, why? Why does it have to be TGS? Because they already do events before TGS anyway, announcing release dates and press details and all that stuff. So TGS isn't quite as special as they used to be. Yeah, they did that before. They put out like for what games? I, I can't name on the top of my head. I'm speaking more overall in Japan. It's like they have these events before TGS. Same as here, where they have big events before E3. To announce games, it's they've been doing that before too. Um, I, I mean, they're they're probably not even going to announce anything major for Kingdom Hearts, for example, until like that D twenty three event in November uh, for Disney. So that's like they don't even they don't really always base stuff around like certain big events, even if the a lot of the focus is there. It seems like they're just picking their times and just putting it out there. Same with like Bandai Namco and the Tail series. So. Um, yeah, but that was about it. I mean, I played Dragon Quest Heroes. That game seemed like fun, but it was like a very small J- Dynasty Warriors type of game, very like t- task driven. That's a, that's about it, though. I can't think of anything else to talk about, guys. Yeah, um, I I think that wrap, about wraps up E3. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, we've been talking for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm actually I've been drinking a lot of water while talking to you guys because it's really hot here. Yeah. So I get my room is boiling. So. We should probably wrap things up. But, yeah, I mean, if you guys, uh, anyone listening to this, want to know more about um, stuff, games that we played at E3, you can either, you know, comment in our post that we'll have for this podcast or ask, hit us hit us up on Twitter. So, yeah, RPGSide.net, you can check us out there. We're on iTunes. You can just search for us by Tetracast, Twitter, at RPGSite, uh, YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. That's our handle there rpgsite.net on Facebook. It's really easy to find us anywhere you go, so check us out there. But One final thing. Yeah. Just just one, one game title, your personal favorite game of E3. Last Guardian. Adam? <laughs> uh, I... Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. <laughs> okay. Simon? Fallout 4, baby. Oh, yeah, I already said that. And yeah. you should be ashamed of your pig, Zach. Why? <laughs> Uh, Shadow of the Colossus is my favorite game of all time. I'm not ashamed of Last Guardian being my pick. All right, all right. 
leave it there. Second yeah, is Unravel. I'll say Unravel. Wait, what about yours, Josh? Okay, mine was the New Year project. Easily. Oh, yeah, that's... Man. Easily. Man, 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 man. I cannot wait for more information about that one. But you guys can check out the other part of our podcast for that. You already heard that if you were listening to this all the way through. So This year and next year will be a good year for RPGs. Like... Oh my god. We, have, we still have a lot to post on the site. I mean, we'll have stuff up on soon for Deus Ex, um, for Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition. Check that out. That game is great. Uh, we'll have something for Kingdom Come Deliverance. That game is amazing that they're able to d- deliver such a high-quality experience with such a small development team with the Crisis 3 engine. So check that out. Um, and yeah, more stuff to come in the coming weeks and months. We're already working on reviews as... Adam's working on Lost Dimension. We'll have something up for Neptunia Rebirth 3, which is out uh, tomorrow, which will probably be... Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's it's out this week. By the time you hear this, it'll be up. Um, and then Arno Surge is out this week as well. Won't have a review for that. I don't have anything yet for that, so it might just be out, and you guys can check it out. But that game... Love that soundtrack to death. So if you guys are anywhere interested in music in an RPG, it's, you're going to love Arno Surge for sure. Um that's yeah that's for e3 stuff that's pretty much it you can check out all the other articles we have and the previews we have up on the site but is there anything else we're missing no no i think we're good all right good uh thanks a lot for everyone checking us out and listening to us on the tetracast thank you josh thank you adam thank you simon for joining us i didn't yell that much today no you didn't maybe you're just super tired from work i guess Now I just making random noises though. Um, so that, and that's making, our closing note. Right. Making animal noises earlier, so I don't know. <laughs> let's not. No, let's stop it. Let's stop it right now. Let's continue and just end this just podcast cut it. now. Just so cut it. Let's cut it. Thanks all for joining us, guys. Check us next time on the Tetracast. <laughs> all right. No, okay, I stopped I the think... recording. <laughs>